Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio and all kinds of other things. So come along with us, won't you? Hey, Leah, how is uh, your week this week? It's been great. great you joined week. us playing Animal Crossing. I know. I'm, I'm on the island now. Well, officially on the island, the so island I'll, of Plop. Yeah, you named it. <laughs> and every time somebody comes to the island, Edison squeals and excitedly tells them that Plop refers to poop. <laughs> I don't but know how I came up with that one. You have played every version of Animal Crossing, and you are holding out on this one because you don't have any free time. <laughs> Correct. So what better to give someone who loves the game, who is trying to avoid wasting time, like the game? <laughs> is it? It's not wasting time if you're playing it with, with your, your family. Fa- exactly. It's family time. It's uh, like there are, game night. There are a great deal of features that have been added to that game that make it just heads and tails above all previous incarnations of that game. Yeah. It is really good. The crafting aspect of it is like, why has this not been a thing before? It's, the, you were so excited when I gave you the electronics kit, though. And they give you a radio right off the bat. Yeah, they give you a radio. Like, in your tent, here's a radio. And then then the, the kit actually has, like, a multimeter in it and a breadboard and all this stuff. I was like, oh, my God. It's just a decor item. You don't actually sit down and, like, make and, circuits. But it has your green, your signature green cutting mat. It has cutting green cutting mat. mat. It's got the whole thing. Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to take pictures once I get my actual house. Um, because I'm still very much living in a tent. My yes. my uh, indentured servitude nature to Tom Nook has started. So that's, that's a this thing that's a, happened. This is a very developed game, the Animal Crossing on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> this, but the premise is mm-hmm. that you are, um, you've decided to forego mm-hmm. city life and you have moved to a deserted island. Right. It's not deserted for you, though, because we have developed this oh, island. Yeah, it's, pretty. I, I, I walked into like a terraformed. Uh, it wasn't. Ter- it's not terraformed yet. But I mean, there's, it's quite it's quite developed. now. It is quite developed. Like, well, that's the Zen garden. Oh, OK. Garden. <laughs> that's where you get the bamboo. Oh, OK. OK. When you first show up on the island, though, it is very much how what do I need to get? Mm-hmm. What can I uh, forage from the land. What fish can I catch? What plants can I grow? Right. It's it's really a survivalist game. <laughs> All while owing your entire everything you do to Tom Nook. Well, you can opt never to upgrade from the tent. Who's, who's going to do that? Who is going to do that? People who want to forego the the well, trappings of civilization. Well, want to teach your kids uh, the the value of not being in debt? <laughs> Have them play Animal Crossing. <laughs> And uh, Tom Tom Nook is a, is a lovable uh, debt debt owner, but um, still, real quick, you'll you'll get the idea of man, this sucks. <laughs> I don't have any of my money. <laughs> the ATM is literally ran by Tom Nook, and he just gave me a phone that's also owned by Tom Nook. Everything's Tom Nook. It's it's like yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. That from that aspect alone, Tom Nook has come a long way. He's figured <laughs> out new and interesting ways to trap you in debt. He's well, you can quite opt, fantastic. At you that. can opt to never upgrade your home. <laughs> okay, 
and continue okay. to live off the land. R- right. At some point, you'll get panels that you can erect to make rooms outside. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Enough of this. Well, thanks, everybody, again, for clicking on the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. We really do appreciate it. We enjoy making this a whole lot. It's kind of the one time in the week where Leigh and I can just sit down and talk. Sometimes two times. <laughs> Sometimes two times. That's right. But it, it culminates in a one time to you, the dear podcast listener. Yes. So thanks so much for listening. All right. We like to kick off the show with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today... It's a simple one. Radio programming can be annoying, problematic, a pain in the butt. Yes. So I recommend using a good application. Most of you have tried Chirp before. Chirp is a very good application. It covers a lot of radios, primarily the Chinese radios. It's probably best, most well known for its ability to work pretty well with most Baofengs. There is another company that makes software, though. Uh, they charge for it, though, and it's called RT Systems. And is it easier than having to go through multiple applications or websites to upload the information? Great point. That's kind of the key point of this minute is both applications will actually allow you to query from repeater book and radio reference. Radio reference, the latter, though, there is a service fee, a subscription fee. So back when I radio reference the website where the owner had a complete meltdown. Is that I don't know. Is that not the right one? Hmm. Ham radio website owner having a complete meltdown. That's only happened once ever. (laughs) No, I I don't know. Maybe somebody will will tell us. I'm I'm assuming in in a future email. (laughs) But the the thing with radio reference is radio reference is also handy for all you scanner operators. Radio reference has frequencies for public uh, public public frequencies, your local police first responders if they're actually it gives it to you no matter what, even if they are encrypted. It gives you the whole thing, which is really nice. So it, it's actually a nice service. I actually used radio reference back way when I started out the Patreon. I had a Patreon level that was, I'll program a Baofeng for you. I'll buy the Baofeng, I'll buy an antenna, I'll program it for you based off kind of what you wanted to do, and I'll ship it to you. And when that was, when I was doing that, I did buy the radio reference subscription. It's great. It it works really well, but it's... You're telling me there are people out there that have radios that are programmed by you? There, yes. (laughs) And I actually will send them the file. Um, I actually had a couple of files because people wanted, like a separate loadout, depending on where they were at. Right. Uh, I did that for a little while. Then I realized... Your consultation times were significant. Yeah. It yeah. was a lot of time. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's all, again, more time. Uh, so I did have to eventually stop doing that. But, you know, who knows? Maybe mm. in the future we'll bring it back some You're going to get way. some emails. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> thank you. Uh, thanks, everybody, again. Okay, well, have a drink with us today. We are opening Cutwater... And we have two Cutwaters here. Cutwater is this company that makes cans of mixed drinks. This one that I'm having is the Tiki Rum Mai Tai. We drink so much Cutwater. I wish they would just sponsor us, honestly. These are awesome. This is the first time I've had the Mai Tais. Are you, did you open one yet? Yeah. I, I usually like their Palomas, but this is actually a this Mai Tai. tastes like straight up a Mai Tai. Mm-hmm. Like, and you love a Mai Tai. I love, well, I mean, when, you're when in I'm tropical, in a tropical environment, yeah. I love a Mai Tai. <laughs> yeah. This makes me feel like I'm in a tropical environment. It is a close consolation to uh, to a tropical experience. Would you like me to turn on some ocean sounds and put up a inflatable palm tree? No, you know what? 
you know what I need <laughs> to make this perfect hmm. is your annoyance at somebody playing a, a steel drum in the background. Oh, I hate steel drums. <laughs> Calypso music is like your favorite thing ever, right? That's actually the one thing um, that I I don't have fond memories of on of the Hawaii. cruise. Uh, no, it was Hawaii, Hawaii too. No, and the cruise. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> I like, just hear this steel drum everywhere I go. <laughs> no offense for anybody who likes Calypso music. Yeah, I mean, it's your, you, ha- you can have a personal uh, preference to not hear a steel drum, but uh, I think they're cool. Anyway. Uh, so what do you think, Leah? The Mai Tai is pretty good. It's fantastic. I want to actually pour it over some ice instead of drinking it in the can. Do you want me to pause so you can do that? No. Okay. The other <laughs> ones we have are the mango margarita, which is fine. It's made with real tequila. But not nearly as good as this uh, Mai Tai. So if you like Mai Tais, you might want to check it out. And these are made with literal alcohol. This Rum. is 12.5% yes. alcohol in the... Actual spirits. Actual than, spirits. It's not like a yeah. infused alcohol, green, you know, green spirit or whatever like they use in some of the other vodka, you know, replacement cocktails, that kind of thing. Yeah, legit real spirits. It's good stuff. Anyway, so that's on with that. So join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Hammer to Crash Course podcast. We really do appreciate it. You know, if you can, if you can drop us a review anywhere you pod. But, but... If you leave a podcast review on iTunes, I will read it, and I'm going to read them now. But first, let me remind everybody, you can email us at leah at hamtactical.com, and we'll read it on the show. And you can send us your comments, questions, feedback, whatever. But if you send us a merch idea, and we like it, and we make it, we'll send you one for free. Yes. So thank you for your great merch ideas. We really do love them. So I am behind on sending out shirts, though. A so, little bit, but yeah. we... Well, we don't we don't promise uh, uh, how quickly we'll get you yeah. your merch. <laughs> so apologies to everybody Indeed. whose shirts were made a couple of weeks ago. I am extremely behind on my emails. So, so the first review is from the CRTJSTR, an amazing podcast. And just because I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, fiddle dee dee, see them there <laughs> all standing in a row. Is that am I supposed to recognize that? No, it's just because. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. From Valencia 5 says, a review of the HRC's podcast. The greatest podcast of all time, Nick KI5MFF. Thank you very much, Nick. Appreciate it. Thank you, Nick. And then we've got Greg C. in Fresno, five stars. I've been a viewer for a while since pandemic. I have had more time, passed my technician, test, and looking forward to my general. Congratulations. Yeah, very much. Keep up the great work. Also, congratulations, Leah, on passing your exam. And that's Thank you. Yeah, Greg, KN6PSD. Okay. Thank you guys so much for leaving reviews. I know it, you have to take time out of your day to do it, but mm-hmm. it, it helps the podcast reach more people. And, and you know, I, I just love the positive feedback. I do, too. Thank, Thank you so much. You. All right. So, Leah, what have we been? What have you been using this week? What is in your go-to items? You know, this week I, I just wanted to talk about the Instant Pot. Mm. We have had an Instant Pot for a long time, and I can't believe I haven't mentioned it on the podcast yet because we use it for everything. It is our rice cooker. You can yeah. imagine we do cook a lot of rice. It has taken the place of a slow cooker because everything that can be done in a slow cooker can actually be done in an Instant Pot faster. Correct, because it is a 
It's pressure a pressure cooker. cooker. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it it does uh, it just does so much. Such a such a worthwhile product. So basically anything you would slow cook, pressure cook or rice cook, uh, you can do with an yeah. instant pot. And um, I, I bring it up because I know that a lot of people in the community are headed out mm-hmm. um, on in campers, camping in general. And if you end up, if you have an RV, if you have a trailer, um, anything that uses electrical hookups, or you even go to a campsite oh. that has a um, like electrical power that you could plug mm-hmm. into. Mm-hmm. This is a no-brainer yeah. for making idea. meals easily when you're out there. Right, because technically the you could wake up in the morning, set it all up, get it going, and just let it kind of do its thing. Yeah. Actually, the one we have, we've never used it, but that's like the Bluetooth model too, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like an app. And it, yeah, it allows it. you to set the temperature mm-hmm. so you can sous vide or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this, I know there's a lot of uh, HRCC truckers as oh, well yeah. and if you are uh, one of those long haul truckers mm-hmm. this is uh, there are these amazing kitchens that are set up in these long haul trucks sure. right the instant pot i think is a fantastic addition to the trucker kitchen yeah that makes yeah. a lot of sense oh very good that's a good suggestion thank you i have been using this week and actually every week i don't think there's i definitely don't use it every day but i'm i'm going to give a shout out to tactical keychains. Tactical keychains, a long time ago, sent me one of their little um, utility blade pocket knives. It is, it uses a magnet thumb stud to kind of out the front, the utility mm-hmm. blade. Mm-hmm. Having utility blade on you, one that's like very small, easy to put in your pocket, kind of hide it away. Sure easy to get access to the blade you can flip the end you know so you always have a sharp end you can you know flip the blade around huh and it's really helpful for cutting cardboard um opening packages anything that like if you wanted to take your main blade and normally open with that kind of a pain because then you're kind of dulling your main blade and then you have to go back and sharpen the main blade that kind of thing the the utility blade holders are magnificent now, I mentioned tactical keychains, and you, you're probably going to look it up. This is a Tuck 2, T, uh, T-U-K-K. I thought it was a Tuck Sorry, XL. Tuck XL. Yeah. T-U-K-K-X-L. They you do... re- you're recommending something that's sold out. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I've i mentioned it many times before. Like on my Instagram, I'll post a story of it, or, or it'll, you know, it'll be on my, uh, my workbench when I'm working on something. Mm-hmm. Fantastic utility knife. It's definitely an EDC thing for me. And yes, they are sold out. But here's the thing. They sell out so quickly anyway when, when they go live. Do they live. restock pretty quickly? They do. These are all handmade. Wow. The dude has a CNC machine, and he CNCs them all out, builds them, sends them out for anodizing. All of it's done in the U.S. that I, that I understand. I know he, he's CNCing the parts out. So what happens is you go to the website, put your email in, or look up pictures of it if you're interested in it. Put your email in, and he'll notify you when it goes live. It's hilarious because if you go to the Tactical Keychains website right now, mm-hmm. it literally just says sold out. Thank you for all the support and mm-hmm. has a place for you to put your email. But there's not even any listing of what they what it carry. Is. Yeah. Nothing. It's the whole page is blank yep. except for this statement. Yeah. So he does have a Instagram so okay. you do want to follow him on Instagram. We'll post a link in the in the show notes so you can check it out. 
that's the other way you find out when there's going to be a drop because he tells you when it's going to go live like oh. ahead of time in his, in his stories. So you have to score these. Yeah, they're, it's like a score item. Yeah. Wow. And what's cool is on his Instagram stories, he'll show you the batch like running in the CNC machine and it going through the process up to the point that it's going to be available for sale. I don't know if you know this about me, but I really like having to score things. <laughs> I'm definitely, I do know that. Yeah, I do I'm know definitely yeah. one of those people who's like, it's hard to get. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a scarcity to this item. <laughs> I love economics. It, it's so. Let me let me throw this out there too. I, I've often had like county com items on on the show before in, in some various forms of kits and all this other stuff. I wanna, I wanna mention this. Countycom is is an interesting website because a lot of the times, I, I guess they do sometimes have things that they've made on their own, but a lot of times they're kind of copying people. <gasps> did Countycom rip off Tactical Key? Yeah, they did. They did. No. The first. This man is hand making keychains. Yeah. The first. The first Tactical Keychain was the Tuck Micro. I think it was, and it used an Exacto knife blade. Which is also pretty cool. If you want that, you know, it's much smaller. Countycom made something similar. Not nearly as cool. The the Countycom one uses this, like, nut on the outside. You loosen it, and then you slide the blade out, and you tighten it. Okay. The tactical keychains all use a slider system with magnets. So it's a it's a much better design Magnets? Tool. How do they work? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> F and magnets. Uh, so I, I don't... ICP. <laughs> Today we're drinking Fago. <laughs> Fago and rum. Make sure if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and get something, try try to snag yourself a, a tactical keychains. I, I do highly support what he's doing. I think it's great. And he makes a lot of other things, not just the um the Tuck series. You can look up some of the other stuff he's done on Google and like Google images, or just go to his Instagram page and you can get a an eyeful of all that. So yeah, there you go. That's that's my thing. Can't say enough uh, good things about that device. All right. Leia, preparedness corner time. Are you prepared this week? Oh, I have a very short preparedness statement to make. Very short preparedness statement. Here we go. Be prepared. <laughs> Shout out to the scouts. A, uh, a long time ago, I was actually an intern at a rental car company. Oh. And I had to drive a car pretty far out into an area that did not have paved roads. Wow. And had I not, and, and there was no indication that this would happen, right? right? I was expecting paved roads all the way. Okay. I would have gotten stuck out in the sticks, except for the fact that I was driving a four-wheel drive Dodge Ram. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Was it a Ram? No, Dodge Durango. Sorry. Dodge Durango. The SUV. Yes. Okay. So my preparedness corner this week is to recommend that if you don't already have one, have at least one four-wheel drive vehicle. Very good. And there is a distinction between all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. Yes. All-wheel drive still very capable, but four-wheel drive is legit if you need to tap into the extra abilities that four-wheel drive offers. Right. And I agree with your, I agree with this 100%. It allows you to go across any terrain. Well. The, I mean, it's not a. It's not a rock It's not crawl. a duck. It's not a duck, uh, <laughs> but it's also not really like a rock crawler. 
Like a, right. a, a stock four-wheel drive Durango is not right. like going to run Moab. It's it's going to be something that you can probably overland most things with. But it's going to it's going to get you 95% of the places you need to go. Right. Yeah. And and probably those other places you probably have no business going to in a survival situation. Oh, and I'm also anyway. not recommending a Dodge Durango. I don't no, even no. know if they still make those. <laughs> but Here's what you got to do. You got to get yourself a 2005 Dodge Durango. That's the preparedness corner. That's it. Dodge Durango. <laughs> Four-wheel drive car. Well, got it. Yes. Good, good, good clarification. Good clarification. Very good. All right. Well, that means it's time. What's happening? The staircases change. Remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. For Leia's email correspondence tower. Yes. So apologies right up front. John, you sent an email last week and somehow it did not end up in my my primary inbox. At the tower. <laughs> yes. So we're going to go ahead and read that Primary email. inbox. You have a second. You doing email correspondence on other podcasts with another inbox? No, I mean, there's, you know how on uh, Gmail you can split by promotions oh, and, okay, okay. and things like that. So usually all of the email... John, don't start out your email with, I'm trying to be contacting you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't start it like that. You're going to get into the... But do you need a warranty? <laughs> for your Dodge Durango. Your extended warranty on your 2006 Dodge Durango is expired. <laughs> Time to extend it. Uh, so this is titled, No Catchy Title. Uh, this is from John. Greetings, fellow Southlanders. I have a comment and a question. I have only a 1.5 mile commute, so I listen to the podcast on my morning walks, which are only half an hour. So I stopped driving to work. I walk now. <laughs> 1.5 miles is just enough time to and from work to complete. Actually, uh, that would be a really slow walk. <laughs> <laughs> it's still going to take a long time it walking to get through the podcast at yes. five miles at a time. So it takes several days to get through it, alternating between great courses lectures. Oh. Well, see, that's the problem. <laughs> you're, you're cutting in you're to an HRCC already time. long podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Leia's dulcet tones are a great way to start the day, except maybe for the whiskey and Coke episode, but you can't beat unplanned humor. Anyway, uh, comment is you could combine two recent themes since you are planning a Caribbean outing. Have your crews focus on inundating Cuba with encouragement to hang in there and make some freedom-minded contacts. Also, separate and apart from your crews, another vacation slash meetup event could focus on something with a bit less noise, perhaps in our California Sierra I select. I suggest Squaw Valley, Tahoe, or Mammoth. Mm. I am very new at at this and stumbling along, but I was at a guest ranch about an hour north of Mammoth last month at six thousand feet with an IC seventy one hundred and a chameleon loop, and could listen to Moscow, Nova Scotia, New Zealand, Mexico, 
Turkey, and multiple states in the South and Midwest. Wow, that's awesome. Since I was very low power and did not have a clue what I was doing, I could not make contacts, but I assume someone who was a bit more knowledgeable could. There are multiple campgrounds there, as well as condo complexes on which folks could converge and play radio for several days. Maybe the village at Squaw Valley. There would be plenty for non-ham spouses and kids to do, as well as poda and soda opportunities. I like it. That's great. Uh, Isn't uh, there a great bakery on the way to Mammoth from SoCal? Eric Schatz? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's in Bishop. That's uh, an amazing jalapeno cheese bread. Yes, that (laughs) is a uh, staple of driving from Southern California to the north. You always stop at Eric Schatz Bakery. All right. Always growing up, that's what we did. That sounds like a fantastic hamcation. Yeah. So we we will look into that. My question concerns antennas. At my current house, I currently only have a Diamond X50 on the roof for 2 meters and 70 centimeters. Okay. I can't lo- use my chameleon loop for HF because, as you know, it requires constant adjusting. So I, it cannot be outside while my rig is inside. Mm-hmm. I cannot put up a basic dipole because I have no large trees and because the location of the power line, which comes almost directly above the room where the shack is. So it would basically run under the power line. I cannot use a DX commander or similar because of the dogs in the backyard. So need something with no radials. I was considering a multi-band vertical, but it can't be near the shack either because if it blew over, it would fall on the electrical power line. And our Santa Ana winds limit the models, which are viable. I was planning on putting up a basic HF antenna of some sort because I will be moving out of the OC in a couple of years to a large Northern California property near where Bob K6 UDA was, where I can put up a tower or whatever I want. But it appears the idea of a more basic antenna is going by the wayside. I was considering a hex beam, and I saw your video on your prior antenna, which looked a bit complicated to adjust for a newbie. The other problem is much of my roof is now covered with solar panels. So do the solar panels cause prohibitive RF interference? How far from the solar panels does the antenna need to be? I could put a vertical at the other end of the roof, binding it to the chimney, but it would be very high. So maybe the hex beam? Other suggestions? Oh, man. I mean, there's a lot of ways to go with this. A DX commander is always a nice option. Remember, you don't have to um, you don't have to leave the radials above the the ground. You can you can bury the radials. Oh, they actually make a device that like makes a slice in the dirt, and you just push it along, and it pushes the radial under the ground while you do it. So we're back at the DX commander. He here. said the dogs because of the radials, but you could just bury the radials and then you have no problem. You can do the same thing with coax. Do you have the sound clip for DX commander? <laughs> I yet? don't, but uh-huh. I, I really wish I had. You, um, you should. I do that anytime <laughs> it comes up. DX commander. Uh, you could have an NFED half wave and just kind of stretch the wire around in crazy patterns until you get it, you know, until it's covering the space that you want to. Um, with the NFED halfway, you'll just have a long wire that you'll have to kind of snake around the property. Or if you're if you've got enough space that you can get it up and just you know stretch it out 
you know, in a sloper config or something like that, look up any of the videos on NFED Halfwave. I have a couple of them out there. I mean, you can do the hex beam, absolutely, but you're going to need to have some kind of structure that's sturdy enough that will be able to hold it up. Otherwise, it, it will fold over on itself. So you, you would technically need a tower. You can mount the tower, you know, fasten it, um, secure it, if you will, to the eaves of the house at the okay. pinnacle, you know, at the peak. That's totally fine. It makes it a little bit easier to work on, too, because you can go off of the roof. So it's probably not much higher up off of the roof line. The only thing I would worry about is the proximity to the power lines. You mm -hmm. need to make sure whatever it is you're doing cannot get into the power lines, period. Okay. You, you just can't have that. So make sure you're you're doing the right thing in that regard. What about the solar panels? Solar panels could. Um, they, they might produce a, a ton of noise. So, so we should, we should actually the... touch on this because mm -hmm. I, I am somebody who is environmentally conscious mm -hmm. and I do want solar panels. I know you do. But there's one thing that ends up being a problem and mm. it's the inverter, right? Correct. Yeah. So the problem is when somebody says, hey, I've got a solar panel system. Is it going to create noise? That's like way too open-ended. I need to know way more about the solar system um, to, to even let you know if it, if it has a lot of noise. Your inverter, right, that takes the incoming DC and puts it into the, if you're running into the mains, if you're charging up the mains, that could create a ton of noise, that inverter. Generally, we like the Genesun brand inverters. They are very low noise. A lot of hams recommend them. Okay. But those are generally going to be more for like charging up a battery bank for like your home use. I see. Not necessarily for a system that's dumping back onto the mains to give you back, right? you know, some, some amount of value, right? That I don't know. If you're talking about that world, I don't know about that. The whole feeding back into the main system. I can't really comment on what you should use. And, and likely if you've got solar panels from like a system, you know, some guy that comes out and says, hey, you want to save money on your power bill? I don't know what they use, right? So you, you'd have to find out via online reviews, that kind of thing. What's the best way for John to find out whether or not his existing power solar panels are generating a lot of RFI? Pull out a shortwave radio, turn it to the HF bands, and listen to the noise level during the day, and then do it again at night. All right. And if it goes down at night by a considerable amount, you probably have a solar panel issue. Okay. Well, John signs off. Thank you for all you contribute to the hobby. And for Josh, someone who says, I'm kind of a hipster, probably isn't. You are a nerd. Embrace it. 73 John KN6 LZI. You're no, both. Yeah, You're both. both. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're a nerdy hipster or a hipster nerd, whatever. <laughs> However you want to spin it. John, I hope that answers your question. I, I It's uh, multifaceted and quite a challenge you have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, take your time with it. Do a lot of research. Good luck. Yep. The next email is titled Merch Idea and Podcast Review. And this is from Steve, KO4AFL. Hey, Leah and Ham Master Josh. I really enjoy the podcast and video and the videos on the channel. Thank, Thank you. you for putting in the work to make ham radio normal. 
I am a loyal 1X listener of the pod, usually while doing yard work or on motorcycle trips, as mentioned on Hamden Thoughts. Mm. Oh, Steve was on Hamden Thoughts. Yes. That's a fantastic podcast. Yes. Sometimes I even listen while traveling between Poda Parks when listening on, oh, when working on radar awards. Cool. I have been involved with Glarg almost from the start of remote testing and now am session manager and active in the HRCC VE channel. Yep. Thank you so much, Steve. Yeah, that was a great episode, Steve. Good job. All of his episodes are good, though, so. I have really enjoyed testing some great people remotely, including Becca McGra- uh, McGrain, Tio's daughter, and Leah Nass. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being one mm-hmm. of my VEs, Steve. Merch idea, HRCC VE team t-shirts. Oh, Steve, that's tricky, though. That's done. I'm, I'm going to make you guys shirts. Well, yeah, but yeah. That, that can't just be something we throw out to everybody. You have to yeah, earn it, right? Just it for the VE team. Oh, there you yeah. go. Oh, yeah. See what you did there, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You you not only made a merch idea, you got like a secret merch. Yeah, exactly. And Leia wants one now. She because <laughs> it's a... rare and hard to get. So now she's gonna get her. VE <laughs> now I've got to so get my get general, so I can become a VE, so I can get the shirt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Steve. Uh, Steve signs off. Seventy three, Steve K O four A F L. Dennis is actually going to be on the live stream this weekend. Is he? With Ethan. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about the HRCC link, which is our digital setup that Mm -hmm. connects D-Star, DMR, and Yesu System Fusion together. They said it couldn't be done. It it took Dennis to crack the final nut, (laughs) and that final nut being D-Star. That was the (laughs) trick, to get them all to play together. Who, buddy? And it, it took Dennis to do it. Now... Ham radio operators of all brands can unite. <laughs> and talk about radios. Yes. <laughs> it was also a very good episode. He interviewed uh, Kate MRD this week. Yes. Oh, I, I did hear that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Congratulations to that Steve. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the different Steve. <laughs> I'm confused now. This we, was. That Steve. But we're talking about Mike, Kate MRD. Yes, Mike. Dennis. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got you now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I know what's happening. All right. The next email is titled Engineers. And this is from Douglas. <laughs> Here we go. I have wondered about the sanity of engineers and have had said a few colorful metaphors for them. This is in reference to last week when we talked about that TikTok. TikTok. Yes. And just the particular sound on TikTok that features all of the worst of engineering, mostly related to vehicles. Yeah, it's it's mostly vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Douglas says, I worked as a mechanic slash tech at shops and some engines you had to remove the intake manifold in order to replace the starter. That's insane. Doug signs off KI7LIK. I think the thing to keep in mind, though, is engine compartments have gotten much busier than they used to be. And I'm assuming that the space that the engine can actually ride in is pretty constrained no so that the engine has to do it has to cut corners in some cases that the engineer is more likely just trying to tetris the parts in Uh and make it fit 
then figure out But in out some a way. cases, it would just be locating the drain in a different place. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm totally, I totally <laughs> get the ones where they, where they open the drain and it, it hits the sway bar. It just cut, <laughs> like sprays water or the frame. Yes. Water, oil everywhere. Um, yeah, that, that is. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. Or the one where the bolt is, the, the length of bolt is blocked by something behind it. Yes. You can't ever remove it. Apparently, this is something very common in tractors. Yeah, farm equipment is loaded yeah. with this kind of stuff. Which, which is terrible. Which you'd think, because, I mean, it's it's all engine. The, usually, the body of the tractor is bolted to the engine in a lot of cases. So, it's kind of like, didn't you see this coming? It's only <laughs> engine. You can only see the parts. All right. So uh, Douglas actually has a follow-up email titled Huntsville and Huntsville, Huntsville and more. Huntsville and more. I'll get it. Sure you will. Yes, you will. When you first mentioned going to Huntsville, I thought you were going to Texas. Then I looked up that it's in Alabama. Yes. So I I only knew of Huntsville, Alabama. I did not know of Huntsville, Texas. Unless Texas... Huntsville, Texas gets its own ham fest. <laughs> no, but I knew about it from uh, from Boeing days. Right, right. When you were talking about the cougar cheese, I didn't remember <laughs> that it was from the college until about a minute or so into the conversation. Yes, mm-hmm. this is a it's cougar gold. Cougar Washington gold State. is a part of their cheese making program. Like this wasn't even an no. option to me in so, college. So I believe it's like a. Um, I know it's not 4-H, but it's like it's farm school. Yeah. So it's it they have they have cows. Yes. So they have the cows that I they went, milk. I went to a school that had a very robust agricultural program. Yeah. My college is responsible for cuties. <laughs> the uh, mandarin oranges. <laughs> no, not the not the Netflix show. Yeah, not the Netflix show. Yeah. Uh Cal Poly Pomona too was also a big uh, animal, yeah. veterinary school, husbandry, that kind of thing. But so is it, did the faculty make it? Does the faculty make cougar cheese? Is no, it's it the students. The students as an I'm assuming there's faculty. There's not a full-blown cheese-making program there? I'm going to go ahead and say yes probably to all of the above. I'm sure they have <laughs> faculty. I'm sure they have students working in there. I'm sure they got a full-blown cheese thing. Full-blown. You know, there's so much work and knowledge that went into this cheese. You should definitely go out and try to get some cougar gold. I am. Um, Actually, you don't have to go out at all. Just you can order it online. Yeah, don't go anywhere. Go as far as your mouse. Yes. <laughs> I want to remind everybody, our recommendation of cougar gold is like a total shock product that showed up in the P.O. box. Yes. We opened a box. This was before, like, I had any followers in YouTube. Yes. Like, sub 6,000. It wasn't, like, a fan sent something. And it is a can of cheese. And we're like, this, this has got to be trash. Yeah. We we, we thought it was going to be a, clowning a this thing of, of, like, nacho cheese. We yeah. thought it would be, because it was in a can, right. it would be a liquidy cheese. I, I thought it was going to be, like, tactical bacon that comes in a can. <laughs> tactical cheeseburger. Right. <laughs> These things that are horrible. They're like gag gifts. I thought it was going to be like a gag gift. Mm-hmm. We opened that thing and this wonderful, fragrant, hard cheese came out. Yes. And we're like, what? What is this? Yeah. And then we ate it. It is so good. It is 
so good. It's such a well-kept secret. It is. <laughs> I, and then I can't believe it's not more popular. I because, know. Because it's 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 reasonable too. Because you get a lot of cheese for the price. Yeah. I I mean. But it's also stored in a can, mm-hmm. so you can buy the cheese and store it without having to keep a massive wheel of cheese in your fridge. Right, and I don't know how long they last in the can, to be to be honest. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's But true. it's got to be more than all other cheeses. <laughs> well, not all other cheeses, right? Because... Parmigiano-Reggiano. Hill, Hillshire Farms has some yeah, You get yourself a package of Cracker Barrel. <laughs> it comes in its own container. Cracker Barrel doesn't make shelf-stable cheese, does it? No, but it's in a wrapper. Cracker Barrel cheese is actually quite good. It's uh, not as good as Cougar Gold, but yeah. it's you know that would that's it. like that's like cheese when you when you start to experiment with cheese. You start looking at the <laughs> Cracker Barrel, you're like, oh, I'm gonna treat myself. I'm gonna treat myself <laughs> today. Hey, we're gonna do Taco Bell hot. <laughs> Normally a mild, but I'm gonna experimenting with hot sauce. This is, you're like used to craft singles and like slices of sandwich cheese. So you tell me I got to pay more and cut my own cheese. (laughs) And I need to cut like eight of them for one slice of bread. (laughs) The squares aren't even right for bread. (gasps) Who makes a sandwich this small? (laughs) Like that? This is... This is for Lunchables, isn't it? <laughs> this is a Lunchable reload kit. It's uh, The cheese is so much better than Lunchables. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, so uh, Doug continues. Leia, remember that when Josh is talking about strippers, he's talking about a tool for ham radio. I don't know which is worse, that Leia thinks that way or that I understand where she went. <laughs> Oh, we knew where she we we all knew where she was going, but that was the fun of it. I'm not there yet. Still when you talk about strippers in the context of ham radio. I went to Ham Radio Outlet and I was checking out their strippers today. Yeah, I was like, wow. You're like, what? And we wonder why it's male dominated. Misogynist hobby. <laughs> Doug signs off again. Keep the education coming. K-I-7-L-I-K. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Uh, The next email is from Jake, and it is titled Merch Idea. Here we go. Dear Leia and Josh, I just finished episode 100 and had an idea for a t-shirt design. Okay. It's a black t-shirt with Josh in Jedi robes holding a Baofeng UV-5R as a lightsaber with RF leaving off the top of the antenna. Underneath, it has the caption, Obi-Wan Hoshnobi. Anyways, I need to get started on episode 101, so you'll probably hear from me again. Shout out to all my 0.5x listeners. <laughs> Hello again. Psych, 1x, uh, 1x gang for life. 73s to all, Jake, K-O-4-J-U-Z. Thank you so much, no, thank Jake. You. We always we always tread lightly with things that are like branded. Yes, and I I understand when you combine the litigid, litigious nature of Star Wars, coupled with the bloodthirsty lawyers of Disney. Yeah, 
<laughs> that uh, that's not a pool I want to swim in. I actually have a good friend who uh, was previously an attorney for Warner Brothers, <laughs> and the well, I applied to Disney and I didn't get it, so I went to Warner Brothers. No, she's really bright. I'm kidding. Yeah, but... um, and. I, I think a lot of people say if you can avoid working for Disney, <laughs> you should avoid right. working for Disney. I'm gonna sue you, ha <laughs> That's really good. It's, good it's the only I can't do Mickey Mouse except for the ha <laughs> That's the only thing I can really do. So I just tried to walk it in a little bit. I knew I had to get to the big payoff. That was the. But part of her job now, she she works for another company, and um. She she has basically told me that one of the issues with getting brands onto TikTok is that they have to sign off on all the rights. Oh so if you use the music, you need to pull up a contract with that that music creator. And then by the time you have everything done, nobody cares about that song or it's trend too fast. anymore. It's yeah. too fast. Yeah, that's it's very prohibitive, I think. There is a, a war. I, I don't know if we'll ever get there on internet copyright, it is mm -hmm. so difficult. The The trade space in working with that is so incredibly difficult. Oh, for sure. YouTube is a nightmare for that. We were all on Hayden's live stream. I think it went, I think it went over two hours. Mm-hmm. And- For his 10K? For his 10K. Congrats, Hayden. Yeah, hey, great job. And I brought up one of our favorite things is watching that dude punch that kangaroo in the face. Yes. <laughs> How many times we've watched that video of that stunned kangaroo just sitting there. Like, because the kangaroo's jacked. All kangaroos are just jacked. Such a strong looking kangaroo. <laughs> like when you're not seeing a kangaroo, they're just doing push-ups and just yeah. bench pressing other kangaroos for strength. And he's got the dog in the headlock. And like, I don't know, that, that kangaroo's going to kill that dog. And the dude runs up and just cold cocks, well, not cold cocks, but just, just stiff arm jabs his kangaroo. And the kangaroo's like, huh, like, he, like stuns himself. Like, what? What did you just do? I wasn't aware that this is something a human could do. Yeah. And so Hayden played that on his live stream. Just the one little clip of it. And there was no audio. It was all us commenting on how funny it was. And yes. the whole thing, us talking about the whole video was way longer than the actual playing of the video. Right. They copyright striked him. Wow. So he had to go in and cut that portion out just to avoid the copyright strike. So now there's just this like, we're all talking about it. <laughs> I'm building this up. And then there's why no payoff. And then we're all laughing. Why didn't Hayden recreate the video? <laughs> That's it, Hayden. You got you to gotta recreate the, the kangaroo getting punched uh, video. He, grab your dog. <laughs> And then punch into a green screen. <laughs> and on the other side, you come back dressed as a kangaroo. <laughs> That's right. I like it. There you go. Uh, the next email is uh, from Sterling. Uh -oh. And it is a follow-up on the discussion of Yoda Camp. Okay. Okay. I'm like, I screwed up. Last week. Correct me. <laughs> Oh, I'm not sure that it doesn't. Oh, okay. That. Yeah, yeah I that's mean, true. We're, that's just, true. we're not yeah. in the woods yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, last week, we got super derailed by this concept of a ham radio escape room. 
Oh, yes, that's right. (laughs) So Sterling writes in, oh, man, your idea of a ham radio escape room really resonated with Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I bet it resonated with a lot of people. And that's exactly the kind of help we need. Ideas to keep youth of all ages and experiences engaged with novel and cool ham radio or ham radio adjacent activities and events. And then... How you get out of the room? (coughs) Program this Baofeng by hand. (laughs) (laughs) Then when Josh mentioned me by name... It just made me laugh out loud. Those podcasts are really great conversations, but where I get to hang out in the third chair and soak it all in, it's so nice. <laughs> yeah, Sterling's here with us now, by the way. Yes. <laughs> we actually have just like a cardboard cutout of him. Yeah. And he's just, but the cardboard's so. I'm thinking about saying this, but I might be wrong. <laughs> he's my cardboard analyst. Yeah. We used to have a Chewbacca. <laughs> That we, Chewbacca's just standing, you know, like it, yes. it's a real life yeah, Chewbacca. Yeah, really, yeah, Holding a bowcaster, like from the movies. <laughs> and you, you'd make, it was a shame thing. I know I mentioned this before, but I don't think people fully understand it. When, um, before you took your code to the board, like to, to a peer review, you had to go read it to the cardboard analyst, which was Chewbacca. And you would go line by line through it, reading out the logic of it. And then Chupaka would just really disapprove. Well, what happens is when you read out your own code, like print it out, you actually become way better at finding the errors that you didn't catch when you're just hammering it out Mm -hmm. on a keyboard. So that's what the cardboard analyst is. Okay. Well, Sterling's card, Sterling the cardboard Mm -hmm. is soaked from all these Mai Tais. (laughs) We just keep. You got to go a little light here, Sterling. Just keep pouring one out for the homies. <laughs> Gotta slow down, Sterling. Running a Yoda in SoCal would be cool too, Sterling continues. If you're cool with eliminating every last bit of free time you thought you had. <laughs> what free time? All right, kids. Today I'm going to show you how to mow a lawn. <laughs> you're a bunch of ham kids. You're just inside the ham shack anyway. Uh, you're detailed a car. Yes, ask Neil WB9VPG how planning Yoda R2 camp went. What's R2? Region 2. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> However, the idea... Leia still doesn't know what that means. <laughs> region it's, it's the ITU regions. Got it. So Got it. However, the idea of Yoda is that anybody can plan and run a camp or Yoda event. It isn't all about the big international yearly camps. All member societies and really anyone are all encouraged to make their own. Don't wait for Yoda committee to force one down your club's throat. (laughs) That's true. It doesn't have to be like a a week-long camp or, you know, however long Sterling and and the crew did. Mm -hmm. It can be just a Yoda event. Right. That you set up and... Get people signed up and have a day of, of radio fun. But how cool would it be <coughs> for a kid who has lived in an area where repeaters are super dead or a group of kids where like, they're like, there's very little repeater use out here and for them to come out to California. Oh God, it's insane. <laughs> Just blow their okay, mind. Okay, t- kids, the, the, uh, we're going to spend two hours chunking repeaters. Yeah. <laughs> two hours pissing off the OMs. Here we go. And then we're going to go to Disneyland. And we're going to try and sneak our radios in and clandestine operate from the Matterhorn. 
Let's go. When they stop you and ask you, what is this? You say, it's a family radio. Yes. Eat it with me, children. (laughs) It's a family radio. That's one way to get kicked out of Disney forever. I've done that. Multiple times, ham radios, they see it and they're like, what is this? I'm like, it's family radio. They're like, it's the fanciest family. (laughs) Why did they give them that accent? Yeah, what was that accent? (laughs) I don't know where you were going with that. Well, that's the most magically. You have fam- some like PTSD from the the staffers at the uh, the TSA line at, at Disneyland's entry point. Well, I used to work at Disneyland. Yeah, but the TSA, I think they have to like do boot camp or something. The the TSA boot camp at Disneyland. Oh, I don't know. It's like going through the TSA line. I hate it. I hate it. I know that's one of the reasons we didn't renew our passes. Now you can't renew your pass. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Sterling continues, but yeah, I want to bounce some more of that idea off y'all real soon because it's currently 1.47 a.m. and I have a Missouri QSO party tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Ham Radio Escape Room will definitely be happening at Next Camp for sure. And if you have more any more ideas, let me know or just share it on the podcast. I, I never miss an episode. Thank you, Sterling. If anybody has any ideas on Yoda Camp right. activities... Mm-hmm. Please, I mean, you can send them to Sterling. He has his own YouTube channel. Uh, you can send them in and, here. And maybe an email address. Yeah, I, ooh. N0SSC is his call sign. Okay, yeah, N0SSC. <laughs> Figure out how to contact him that way. There's a website gonna, called QRZ. I, you may be able to look it up. I'm never going to give out email addresses. <laughs> maybe just go on Ham Radio and just keep calling N0SSC until he responds. <laughs> So the first thing you do, the first thing you do (laughs) is figure out when Sterling's operating, (laughs) send him in your ham alert. And then you Mm -hmm. try to make contact. Right. Sterling signs off 73 Sterling N0 SSC. Thank you so much, Sterling. And thank you for all of your efforts, you and Neil running Yoda camp. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean the, the escape room thing writes itself though. Sure. I, I come on, ham radio and a, an escape room. Uh huh. You can do like any kind of challenge. It's so many challenges. Just all within ham radio. It could Everything be... is a challenge in ham. Radio. Yes. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is a challenge. But keep in mind that with an escape room, the idea is that you should be able to get out in a certain amount of time. <laughs> it's it's you you put your own laptop and your radio in there, and you're like. You, you need to set up FT8 on here. <laughs> no, no, don't make any call signs. Make sure you use my call sign to program the FT8. And it's just log- I left my login information on the laptop on a post-it. <laughs> this isn't an escape room. This is your shed in the backyard. <laughs> All right. It's really hot in here. Well, that's why well, you better hurry. I gotta... <laughs> I mean, I don't have it. There's not like a QSO coming up or anything. <laughs> or uh, there's not a contest for FDA coming up. The heat just increases the stakes for the con- <laughs> for the challenge. Program it before you die from heat stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. I'm calling my parents. Oh, I took your phone. <laughs> Remember that box I put it in with the padlock? It's that whole fun thing. That's the worst part of the escape room, I think. That they're like, we have to take your phone. Well, you don't trust me? 
Of course not. What do you, what do you think I'm going to do? You're going to look up past reviews of this particular escape room? and <laughs> Well, that would just be killing the fun. Okay, the next email is titled Local Pronunciation, and this is from Jim. Your dialogue about Huntsville reminded me of a joke. Two guys were taking a road trip in the South, and no sooner had they crossed the Texas border when they began arguing about the pronunciation of the name of the town Nacogdoches. Nacogdoches? I don't I can't. Is it Notches? N-A-C-O-G-D-O- C-H-E-S. They agreed to go into the first business place they came to in Nako Doches, whatever, and asked the first person they encountered to pronounce the name. The first, per- the first such person was a kid of about 16. The guys approached him and asked him to settle a bet. How do you pronounce the name of this place? One guy asked. The... The kid shook his head, rolled his eyes, and very slowly answered, Burger King. What? Okay. That's the joke. How do you pronounce the name of this place? Burger King. Great. Uh, 73, love the podcast, <laughs> Jim KB0LZ. No, I'm in a, no, I won't. You <laughs> It's not the trombone anymore. It's the, it's, it's the Huntsville song. Oh, really? <laughs> I pushed that button. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered right before I pushed it. Okay. The next email is titled Ice Fishing. And this is from Mark. Hi, Ham Kingdom Royalty. <laughs> Leia, queen over the Hamlands slash bands and josh the humble waif Longtime listener first time email oh, waif jeez several episodes ago you brought up the subject of ice fishing i did we did sounds great mm-hmm. exactly how anthony bourdain did it in in quebec with yes a crazy person with a, t- a, a ton of foie gras yes and uh i don't think it was a wood burning we had a pot belly stove like a cabin, an ice cabin. A cabin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Having done some ice fishing in my younger days, I would just like to say first and last ice is supposed to be the best. Living in Northwest Illinois, ice fishing on the backwaters of the Mississippi sitting on two inches of ice in the early November was one of the best days I had ice fishing. I caught more than 150 bluegill and crappy and a crappy or two. Crappy. Crappy? Crappy. But it's spelled with an A. It's crappy. Oh. You think oh. they call them crappies? <laughs> yes. Look at all these crappy fish. <laughs> That's what I thought. It was like a sign you shouldn't eat this it. This isn't actually a type of fish. <laughs> this one is just particularly crappy. This is a genre of fish. <laughs> it's, not- it's more of an aesthetic. <laughs> It's a crappy fish. They're from Plop Island. <laughs> That's right. Uh, most were catch and release. 
But the ice fishing magnification factor was in full force. The fish that looked huge on the ice. Oh, when I got them home and ready to clean the following day seemed to shrink in size. (laughs) And I asked myself, why did I keep this one? My wife says the fish caught through the ice have been the best flavor over fish caught at other times of the year. Interesting. I believe that. And now I'm sold. (laughs) (laughs) You're about to freeze your butt (laughs) because we're going ice fishing. You don't have to. You don't have to what? Freeze. It doesn't. I mean, even even the tents are like insulated. You know, the big square dome tents that people use now. She also made me a needlepoint stocking hat that says a jerk on one of the line waiting for a jerk on the other. Nice. Merch idea. A person sitting on a frozen lake or river with a hole cut in the ice with a fishing pole and a Baofeng radio and an antenna trying to pull a monster fish through the ice. He is radioing his buddy to come help him pull the monster fish in. HRCC logo placed appropriately on the left chest. Or an ice shanty on the frozen water with multiple antennas coming off the roof with multiple radios, HF, VHF, UHF, etc. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to think about that one. There's another one where it's just like, it's a an ice shanty, right? Yeah. On a little platform of ice. Okay. And there's like other platforms, but it's obvious that it's broken away and there's like water underneath it. Okay. And there's an, a radio antenna sticking out of it. All right. It's like, I stayed out too long. Help, help, I stayed out too long. Okay. (laughs) This is an existing design of a shirt. No, I just came up with it. Oh, wow. Really coming up with things on the fly. (laughs) (laughs) I really saw it. I used that plethora of growing up with cartoons that were centered around little sheet, little little (laughs) platforms of ice that, that they had to traverse. That that in quicksand, just like real life. That in quicksand. Yeah, that was what we <laughs> big danger. The, the 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 things we thought would be major factors in our life as we became adults. Nope. Um, Mark continues. Sorry, I'm not a graphic designer, so your expertise would be greatly appreciated. If left up to me, it would be a long road to hoe. That's right. <laughs> I hope this email helps to shore up the podcast. Keep up the great work promoting learning and ham radio mark kc9 foc i have a one x listener oh thank you very much appreciate the email i have to wait and see if somebody emailed in with this story but somebody told me an anecdote about a road to hoe so if it doesn't come up in the email i have to remember to mention it all right well i hope you remember Mm -hmm. uh and mark if we make the shirt you're getting one there you go uh, the next email is titled Hamfest Shirt Idea. Okay. And this is from James. First off, thanks for the advice on having a conversation with my wife about having an antenna on the house. Mm. Yes. James had previously wrote in asking how he could convince his wife to put an antenna We're on the We're always happy to help you in these struggles. And I I think my short answer, well, it wasn't a short answer, but it had a lot to do with keeping, uh, having an antenna on the roof already set up. Mm -hmm. You do it once and then you're not having to worry about your husband repeatedly getting on the roof. 
Right. You know? Right. Or having clutter in the backyard. Yeah, or having to constantly leave the house to operate ham radio. Right, and there's a safety aspect as well, like emergency safety, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. I told her what Leia said, and she just agreed. (laughs) That's fantastic. Congratulations, James. Damn it. (laughs) He spoke to a woman about this. We have come to a compromise that keeps her happy with the aesthetics of the house and me getting an antenna. Wow. Um, I love it when a plan comes together. Man, Leia. <laughs> On to this the... is this is very tricksy. What? <laughs> Having a woman actually respond to the concerns of another woman. <laughs> wow. Why hasn't anyone thought about this before in ham radio? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure this has happened before, but I'm like, your yeah. approach to it, I was like, wow, it's really good. I wish I would have thought about that when I was talking to you about the same thing. <laughs> you didn't need to tell me those things, though. <laughs> because I went with my normal way of doing things and I just did it. No. I don't even own any Nikes. What? <laughs> On to the shirt idea. A perfect shirt to wear at a ham fest would be in large letters. My wife said, do not sell me any radios or equipment. That's funny. And then in small letters after that, this next radio. (laughs) That's also pretty good. That is good. That is funny. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we might just go ahead and make that. And you know, if we do, you're going to get one, James. Uh, James continues everyone knows at Hamfest we say we aren't going to buy anything else but we do yes what mm-hmm. you're not buying anything at Hamfest i was just going to talk about one of my favorite things about Hamfest okay? okay all right there are like major shippers ups fedex that come to Hamfest they will box up your stuff that you bought and uh-huh. ship it back to you what yeah ship it to you at home yeah yeah i mean that makes sense they post up okay there's companies that'll do this they'll post up and help you like box up your radio so it'll come from your home address no listen to what i'm saying all right they'll ship it from the ham the from the ham fest to your door so you don't have to fly it home a better a, a better service and hear me out okay would be for somebody to package everything up with the label giveaway win- winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also. And we'll we'll forge a receipt <laughs> and we put on the inside for an extra $5. $10 if you want it, just a pure write-off. This was a giveaway win. Yeah. <laughs> or it has a tax. You pay, you pay $5 to get a discount written on the receipt. <laughs> That makes it look like right, you right. got 70% off the radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you pay $15, we'll actually put a tax form in there. And then you can write a check to yourself. And, and to keep buy in mind, radio. if this works with ham radio, I'm pretty sure it'll work with purses. Probably, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm sure they have purse cons. I know they do. They absolutely do. And I'm sure that exists. Yeah. Where they can ship stuff back to you. James signs off. But don't they, expect me to go looking for those things for you. What? <laughs> I'm going to look up PurseCon. 
You don't probably need in to, Vegas. It's probably in Vegas. You don't need to look up PurseCon for me. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Thanks. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's called Fashion Week in New York. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you have to spend a lot of money making the right connections even beforehand to get into the shows. <laughs> this is that whole Hermes thing. This is that whole Hermes thing all over again, which cracked me up. We were talking about the Hermes light SDR. In oh, staff right. Chat. And staff chat. And you're like, what is going on in here? Is everybody talking about a purse? <laughs> Somebody had said um, something about it being 250. Yeah. Or, or something like, like that. And I was like, is that a keychain? Are we? I, I get the feeling we're not talking about a purse. <laughs> yeah, is this a bumper sticker? I know what it is. It's the pillbox. Not for two fifty. Oh, it's a literal little, pillbox. Yes. Not a pillbox purse or anything like a literal no thing that you put pills in. Hold one pill. One yes. pill. It's modular. Yes. Okay, so James <laughs> signs off. Thanks for keeping ham radio interesting. KM four SCR. Thank you very much. I'm glad that worked out for you, James. Yeah, that's awesome. That because it's out. actually very much true. Yeah. You want your husband safe. You don't want him spending all of his hobby time away from the house, mm-hmm. you know? so I mean, he's still going to do that. He's mm-hmm. still going to go do mm-hmm. portable, but it's going to be less. He's going to be home more. That's true. Sure. That was yeah. a great. That was, yeah. and, and just to reiterate what Leah said, that if you can't put up an antenna at home and you can't put up a station at home, that means you're going to take ham radio outdoors. You're going to yeah. play portable. Mm-hmm. And that means on your free days. I didn't say it exactly like that. I Yeah. No, you, you said it more eloquently and uh, had many well, more things to go along yeah. with it. I'm, I'm cliff noting it hard. Okay. Yeah. But, but that's kind of what's going to happen, right? You're going to, whomever the ham is, whatever, is going to spend multiple hours of time just getting ready for that, to go out and just do that. Yeah. And then they're going to spend time packing it all up bringing it home, putting it away, mm-hmm. all that is just time out of pocket of family time, if you will. Radio? Radio. <laughs> the next email is another follow-up email from Doug, mm-hmm. and it's titled Your Son. My La- son. Last week, we mentioned that um, our youngest mm-hmm. figured out your Netflix password. And then negotiated with the older son yes. to get something from him he said give the password yes he said if you give me your ice cream i will give you the password <laughs> that kid is already so much trouble you can I know. see it just you can see the gears turning we, we have to ensure he uses his powers for good <laughs> doug says i don't want to have to be the uncle ben in this situation and kill myself or, you know, off myself somehow, then, then you have to have the discussion. Great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Why can't you just give that conversation? I think now ben, Uncle Ben offering. says that and then he gets shot. That's, that's but he doesn't saying. he doesn't get shot because he said it. <laughs> well, he had to. For the, OK, yeah, you know what I mean? Okay. I was the whole narrative was in there All for right. people that know the Spider-Man origin story. That's what that was. Doug says your son profiting off passwords going full Ferengi. <laughs> yes, seriously. If he starts asking for gold press latinum, we're going to be in big trouble. Uh, and that's Doug K.I. 7 L.I.K. 
Thank you. Very much true. Yeah. He's a little Ferengi. (laughs) He's he told me about how he is going to have a billion dollars when he grows up. And And then I was like, at this rate of inflation, I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) And but then he's going to use that billion dollars to build a castle mansion. (laughs) Yeah. So he's got to get there somehow. (laughs) I mean, I know he's my kid, so I'm like, anything's possible. He's my son. But it's like, I don't know. I've seen him scheming. It's possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, whether or not he does it legally, that's the question. That's the, that's the trick. <laughs> he's going to great Gatsby his way into a fortune. <laughs> First, he's going to find a way to outlaw liquor so that he can then bootleg liquor. <laughs> See? My son's not going to be a simp, okay? Oh, that's true. That whole... That whole, what do you mean, yeah. that whole book mm-hmm. was just about Jay Gatsby being a simp? I mean, I think it's more nuanced than that, but. Not in today's culture. We don't have time for nuance. It's true. He's just a simp. Like, I think there was a Boz Lerman version of Great Gatsby played the Jay-Z album throughout the scene. You're talking about the one with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. That wasn't Boz Lerman? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. I can look that up. But we watched that. It was okay. Yeah. The book, I mean, the book is amazing. Yeah. Robert Redford as... Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What did Scott Fitzgerald do to you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's also one of my favorite. That's like joke and roll and roll and token. That one is like so good. Oh, Scott... (laughs) Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> Great Gatsby is one of my favorite books, though, because it really stands up. The whole um, <laughs> new money and appearances, almost probably even more so today with this influencer culture. And uh, oh, you know what? Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super true. I think it is Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, feels like it. Does it? Yeah. Did he do Moulin Rouge? Yes, I think so. <laughs> okay next- <laughs> it adds up <laughs> math checks out the next email is titled german okay so right up front there was an email last week where it the bullet points were numbered in german and i yeah, butchered wait, come it. on i butchered it yes she did and i would have too i, I- <laughs> we don't-, don't expect foreign language challenges in the email <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we do now. <laughs> Don writes in, Leia and Josh, and Scott's email, the Eins, Dre, Zwe, is one, two, three in German. Great. Also, I had emailed Josh about hacking a connected car for APRS and as a possible Raspberry Pi for ham radio connection. Did you get an email from Don? And it sounds like we should talk about it. What what was the what was the email about? It's uh from Don K E five ADX and it's about hacking a connected car for APRS and as a possible Raspberry Pi for ham radio. Yeah, by the way, if this is well let me see. Don the RF field tech. Are you following me? Does he have his last name in it? Because I think Yes, Hutchcraft. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yes. By the way, uh Don, I have your um your thing on we talked about jobs 
I got to get back to you on that. I didn't forget. That's legit. Um, Steve Jobs? No. He faked his own death. I don't have it. Don, I don't have the email. The last one I have from you is July 5th. Okay. Well. Did sorry. you send it to me somewhere else instead of, did you send it to my email or you DM'd me somewhere? I don't know. Well, sorry, Don. Don, I. I queued it up. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't talk to it. The next email is titled, Your New Segment. And this is from Gerald. Oh, wait a second. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's just a one-liner. What would you think about how to use car Wi-Fi for APRS? This has been a real ride during Don Raspberry Pi and the like, just a thought. Probably not possible because Wi-Fi operates in ridiculously high frequencies, not two meters, which is where all the uh, APRS traffic is. But Further, what? the Wi-Fi signals are not very, they, they don't transmit very far. Okay. Right. As you start getting up higher in the frequencies, you're, you're getting less out of it. You're getting a lot of loss. Is a connected car like a Tesla or something? What does a connected car mean? Wi-Fi. What are you talking about? He said, oh, what do you oh. think about how to use a car Wi-Fi for APRS? Mm. But he also referenced using it like a Raspberry Pi. Well, no, he said Raspberry Pi and the like, just a thought. So okay. like connecting a Raspberry Pi to car Wi-Fi using that as... Oh, the, I see. So okay. There's, 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 too many, there's too many unknowns in this. This is one of those like, this feels like I'm, I'm five beers in and sitting around a fire and we're talking like super hypothetical stuff. You, you have to assume that you have the ability to even interface with said Wi-Fi. We don't know this. And then once you have interface with said Wi-Fi, how do you get your APRS radio to or your uh, APRS software, like on Raspberry Pi, to communicate with said radio? There's just too many variables in here that we don't know the answer to, truly. So while I, I liked the idea of hacking stuff, um, you might want to look, if you're curious about this, you might want to look into some of those LoRa devices that we talked about on the um, last couple of podcasts they brought, brought up before. Those are very much using that i don't know if it's why i think it i think it is but those are like mesh devices and they can do different fun stuff um so check that out if you're interested in that kind of stuff okay okay well i hope that answered your question don sorry for the mix-up on the road to your email yeah sorry don <laughs> the next email is titled your new segment and this is from gerald i really appreciate the new bovine anatomy segment this we is, did it again today, talking about cheese. Uh, this makes me feel like I was drunk during whatever podcast was, this was recorded in, because I don't remember this. Okay, keep going. Last week's discussion titled, Of Course It's Big, His, wait, of course it's big. His Girlfriend is a Cow, was very informative. I don't remember this either. Is this a, are we getting trolled? I don't are know. We getting, is this gaslighting? I'm looking forward to the next topic, multiple stomachs, necessary or just showing off? Yeah. <laughs> you need to have, well, so anyway, you need to have the multiple stomachs. We do, I do know some of that. 
the cows need to have the multiple yeah. stomachs yeah. for digesting. The- right. That's like they have to regurgitate and chew the cud and it goes right. multiple stomachs. I did see that when I was touring Calpani Pomona. They have this, the cow with the plexiglass side. Yes. Uh, and you can see the organs and stuff like that. It's pretty mm-hmm. wild. Gerald signs off. Thank you for all you do for the ham radio hobby and animal husbandry. That's it. <laughs> that's us. <laughs> In our 5,000 square foot lot. And that's that's Gerald and for DST. Thank you, Gerald. I, I, I must have been drunk. I don't remember that discussion. It, it, I think he's trolling us. It's a, it's a weird thing because I don't think I would ever be okay with referring to somebody's human girlfriend as a cow. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems like, again, <laughs> yeah. why I'm going back to... Nice joke he's played on us. The next email is titled Marvel and Ham Radio. Oh, here we go. Now you're going to get Leia all... And this She's going to get all antsy in the pantsy talking about favorite Avenger. This is from Chris. Hi, Josh and Leia. I have a question or two about Ham Radio on the road, but I must cover a vastly more important topic (laughs) first. Who is the best Avenger? No. Why have you done this? Now people are going to start emailing us on this topic. So listen to me. Oh, my God. Here we go. Iron Man. I know. I know. Iron Man. I know. Now what does... All right. And you know what? I best whoever, like whatever is the best Avenger to you is very indicative of your values and your personality. (laughs) Right? You're turning it into a Facebook test that Karen share? It's, um, It's basically the... Your favorite Avenger... Tells me what your horoscope, uh, your sun sign. Yeah. <laughs> it tells me what your favorite solar cycle was. <laughs> As the parents of two brooding early teenagers, my wife and I sometimes find it a struggle to find an activity that will get everyone in the family to happily interact with each other. We put on a good historic movie like Civil War. <laughs> Avengers Civil War. <laughs> it's not Avengers. It's Captain America. Sorry. Jeez. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> you and Josh, just wait. Even though it's completely natural that teen kids want nothing more than complete independence, it's still a challenge. One of the things that the whole family seems to get excited about is the Avengers. We have the calendars marked for the release dates for each new Marvel movie. Sorry about Black Widow. <laughs> Sorry, Scar Joe. As I was driving my son from one activity or appointment to another, I decided to continue listening to your latest podcast (laughs) since there wasn't any real communication coming from my son. And now everybody in the family's fighting. (laughs) Other than the occasional (laughs) grunt or sideways glance. We reached the point in the podcast where you guys were discussing your opinions on the Avengers. After a few moments, my son looked at me and said, I thought this was one of your ham radio things. (laughs) Yes. I looked at him and said, it's more of an everything thing. (laughs) It's really just the trick that we use to rope people in. He quickly perked up and listened intently to your arguments for and against your favorite Avengers. He was completely amazed that there are other families who debate the pluses and minuses of uh, each of the Avengers' skills, powers, and contributions. 
After much discussion and debate and research, we came down to a toss-up between Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch. Okay. Okay. This yeah, is... Yeah. All right. Oh, all right. This... Okay. okay. <laughs> so there is I, a I time travel well, element. So I agree. Time control is... I agree with yeah. the Doctor Strange, by the way. I, okay. I agree. I'm on, I'm on board. That, that's easily acceptable. The Scarlet Witch, though. The problem with the Scarlet Witch is I think you might be glomming on what happened in the, the TV show. WandaVision. WandaVision. Well, that is a part of the MCU. But it's not, it's not, again, it was never portrayed in the Avengers movies. WandaVision well, happens after. Are the TV shows not because they're not cine- like movie releases? They're not considered a part of the MCU? Oh, so you want to include those too? So it, it just if, if it's... Well, I mean, if you're including... If it's that cast and the Avengers group, there it's on. So then, right. yeah. So yeah, the Scarlet Witch should be like way top tier, particularly after she levels up at the... Well, now I'm spoiling things. Let's just say the Scarlet Witch is incredibly powerful. Incredibly powerful. Yeah. And they kind of let her go at the end there a little bit. We can, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, okay, now I'm coming around a little bit. I'm, I could see an argument for that. I appreciate an argument for that. I mean, Tony Stark saved, like, the entire universe, though. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like yeah. 50% of all life is, is thanks to Tony Stark in particular. I mean, we're here thanks to Iron Man. Shut up. <laughs> We can certainly agree to disagree on who is best. The debate rages on. Oh, no, I like a good totally like has nothing to do with reality debate. You know, I love those discussions. Okay, so if you like this debate, there is a channel on YouTube that you absolutely have to watch. And it's Fact Fiend. Oh, good. Yes. Fact Fiend. I I was hoping you were going to say Fact Fiend when you started when you were saying that. He does such an amazing deep dive yeah all but it's not mcu only that's the thing he pulls Mm -hmm. from canon going back to the original comic books so for those that don't know this fact fiend the 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 person that is that channel right the main person Mm -hmm. and he has a crew of people and they're all great he's a writer and actively or maybe not so much now with smarter every day right so dude knows what he's doing um great researcher great researcher and his comic book knowledge is really good and he's hilarious and he is because freaking hilarious he he does these uh deep dives on characters to answer questions Mm -hmm. right but he's drunk while he does no 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 no. yeah sometimes sometimes yes but no not most of the time even when he's drunk he's pretty coherent i think so Highly he's, recommend the YouTube well, he's British, channel right? Fact Fiend. He's British, so an American's still like, I'm mostly understanding him, even when he's sober. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's his, his accent's not that strong. Yeah. Chris continues, I wanted to thank you for unknowingly breaking that communication barrier for at least a while. Who knew that my quote-unquote ham radio thing would spark such a fun discussion? A wise friend's what... Uh, a wise friend once told me that you really can't make teens talk to you, but they will. They just choose when and you have to be ready to jump on the opportunity when it presents itself. Yeah. So, I mean, if we go back a step, I think one of my arguments was 
Captain America with Mjolnir. One, if not the most, one of the most powerful Avengers. Period. So you're saying that Captain America is one of the best superheroes because he is pure of heart. They manufactured these dudes, okay? It's a shot. He was a puny dude. They (laughs) gave him a shot. Suddenly he became very strong. You don't understand. Who gives him a shield? Who gives him a shield? Tony Stark's dad. Yeah. The Stark family. Okay. Well, okay. Now you can't start bringing Tony Stark's dad <laughs> into this. Lynn, apparently you don't understand the power of Mjolnir. It has nothing to do with his shot. Right. It Technically, has to if do he didn't with have the pure that shot, purity of his heart. If he didn't have the shot, he still could have picked up Mjolnir technically. Technically. But, uh, but, 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 wait, wait, wait. The moment you can wield Mjolnir... Which, when you pick it up, becomes light as a feather, by the way. Okay. But still maintains all of its characteristics for everybody you're hitting and everybody mm-hmm. who tries to pick it up, et cetera, et cetera. You gain the powers of the Thunder God. Did Tony Stark ever try to pick up Mjolnir? He did. They all did. But guess, That's a se- wait, but guess who seen- donned the gauntlet? But Wait, you, you, you haven't seen that. You, you have seen this scene. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, if he was When they're great- all drunk and they're sitting around the table. Uh-huh. And they're all having beers, cracking wise, and it gets to the point where everybody's like, let's try to pick up the hammer. Oh, is this end credits? No, this is in the movie. Oh. And um, everybody takes a, a swing at it. And Tony Stark actually like gets out the Iron, the, the Iron Man glove, and he's trying uh-huh. to like power lift it with the strength of the glove using the you know, repulsors and all that. And, dur- and so this is actually a reference to Endgame. Captain America doesn't want to, and they all tell him, try it, try it, try it, and he wiggles it. It oh, wiggles. I do remember this. And 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 that was like uh Thor's like he was shocked. He was shooketh by, <laughs> by the whole thing. Very good scene. And then that was then a Why was a didn't whole Captain Why oh didn't gosh, I forgot about why that? Why didn't Captain America try to wear the gauntlet? Tony Stark had a it's a robot gauntlet that's allowed him to take the gems off when he was tussling with Thanos. Yeah. The gauntlet Remember, he made the he had the Iron mm-hmm. Man gauntlet, right? Yes. And when he would did that quick little motion with Thanos, all mm-hmm. the gems slid off of that onto him. He built it that way. It's all nanotech at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or most of his suits were nanotech. Sure. At that point. Sure. I'm not saying he's not a good engineer. I'm not saying that. Well, he wouldn't make Scientists it so do, that oil splashes on the frame. That's for sure. <laughs> He would do it just to spite people. <laughs> okay, well, Curtis continues. Now for a quick ham question. Josh, I'm trying to decide what to purchase to use on the road to interact with my new IC705. I just <coughs> got the 705 and I'm learning the basics with it. Okay. I want to keep things as light and small as I can. I watched your video on the Android tablet, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. I've also read up on the GRP mini laptop that is recommended in your Amazon store. GPD, yeah. After watching some videos from OH8STN, he favors the Surface Go. I'm wondering if you know of any of advantages or disadvantages of these or any other devices, especially when considering interaction with the 705. Yeah, and by the way, the Surface Go is a good option too. 
um, generally anything Julian puts out is well thought out, as I've always said before. The reason why I go with the GPD Pocket 2 over any of the other stuff is it's the GPD Pocket 2 is faster than most Surface goes of the of the budget option variety. And it has two USB ports and a USB-C port to charge from. The problem with the Surface Go is it has very limited I.O., which you think to yourself, well, that's not a big deal. The 705 only needs one port, but it only has one port. And so you've also got to charge the thing. Mm-hmm. Right, and I it, this may have changed with the newer models, so I'm don't don't quote me on all of this stuff. So, the ability to have one port is kind of the thing you have to have with the 705 at the base minimum because you can just use one cable to connect to it. So, any laptop that has that, you will be able to run it. Now, if you run Windows, then you can run the RSBA one software, which allows you to go fully wireless. And actually, there's another there's another software title. I think it's 50 bucks. And so I'll probably do a demonstration on that in the future that um, will do the same thing, will allow you to run it wirelessly to the 705, which is great. You, you, should, you should dip your toe into that world because running the 705 wirelessly to a laptop is, is wonderful because you can set it up and you can kind of like walk away. You can be away from the radio so that the computer doesn't get like RF interference or anything like that. So really it, it, it comes down to you don't need a fast computer. You need a modest computer. So what is the modest computer that best fits into the kit that you're going to bring into the field? Do you favor ultra, super, super lightweight portable and takes up a super small footprint? The GPD is probably the solution. Not great to type on, though. The Surface Pro is arguably much better to type on, so you maybe want to think about that. Or if you want to be able to sit in the middle of like broad sunlight, then you might want to consider an inexpensive uh, Toughbook, like the CFC1 that I have. That thing... The Toughbook's not small, though. It's bulkier, but it's very light. It's very, very light. And considering the price of $300 that you can get on eBay for a nice refurbished one, that's not that bad. It's really not that bad. Okay. Yeah. So you've got tons of options. You just kind of have to decide what you want to do. And that can tablet, too, if you want to. And they run Windows 10. I think a lot of this depends on what kind of interface you like, too. Okay. You know? Keep going. Explain that. Well, like the... You you just have to kind of try to see what you would actually like using. And I think that the Surface Go is probably for the size the most user friendly mm-hmm. option because that that mini laptop the screen's not very big it's 7 inches no it's not a big screen yeah yeah so if you need larger text or you need oh, yeah. a better like a a much larger keyboard mm-hmm. to comfortably use 100% yeah uh the I, I think it comes down to personal preference. The only the only thing I will say, if you're going to go Surface, any of the Surface line, is look into what the hardware specs are there on, on them, because some of them are actually not very good performance-wise. Right. I think it's like the Surface Go. I think it's a Surface Go. Well, that's what Julian recommends, the Surface is it? Go. I don't know. Those aren't that fast. It's probably fast enough for ham radio, but then at the same time, like you, you got to consider what else are you running along with that? You're going to run 
JSA call, WSJTX. You may want to run a logger. You may want to run grid tracker, something like that. That might tax a little bit. Or if you're just running WinLink, you got to run Vara or, you know, whatever it is you're running. I, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of tough. We're, it's actually kind of cool that... You know, Chris, the nice thing mm-hmm. about um, if you wanted to take a look at the Surface Go before making a decision, Best is there buy. are Microsoft stores and Best, Best buy. buy. Yeah, Best Buy's got them. Right. Just where, take your where, 705 in there with a right, cable. Uh-huh, exactly. Install. Why not? Connect yeah. to it. See how fast. Yeah. You can, it, uh, WSJTX is a free download. Yeah. Unless they got some kind of traps on there to prevent you from downloading things. That would be really funny, though. Is there something? Like you're trying to set up a DX commander in a Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for my radials. Don't let your dogs out. <laughs> Keep your service dogs away. I got to connect my DX commander to my What about my service bunny? Shut <laughs> up. What about my service iguana? What? It's for emotional support. Or my service duck. Have you seen yeah. the pictures of a service duck on the yes. airplanes? He's got a vest on. Okay. Well, Chris signs off. Thanks for everything. Ham and otherwise. 73 Chris K-O-4-N-M-R. Now that I'm licensed, what do I do next is the title of the next email. Anything you want. And this email comes from Nim. (laughs) Hi, Leia and Josh. As a recently licensed ham, I am getting to this point. um, Getting to this point was somewhat straightforward with a plethora of training videos and websites from terrific Elmers such as yourselves. Furthermore, oh, I'm not. I'm not an Elmer. (laughs) Furthermore, you're an Elma. There's great intel on shack setups, receivers, options, etc. Josh, you created a few great instructional videos and presentations with recommendations on your first shack and how newly minted hams can seek out like-minded ham clients. I have, yet this email is here. <laughs> All very helpful. <laughs> But I still have questions. One topic with no coverage is creating your online presence and tracking QSOs. For example, the okay. importance of creating a QRZ.com page, as it seems to be the go-to place for quick info for a contact, logging QSOs and various software for tracking, i.e. QRZ that. logbook, um, LOTW logbook of the world, mm-hmm. ham radio deluxe logbook, and on and on. I have done this. None of which <laughs> communicate with each other and all are a pain in the ass to maintain. Okay, so I have the one thing I haven't done is show people how to set up logbook of the world. That is actually a major pain in the butt. There is, however, a episode of Ham Nation where Valerie walks through the whole process. I have to dig that up. Um, I don't know if it'll be in the show notes, but you can Google it. You can find it. I may contact Valerie to have her redo it again because that is super valuable information. Okay. Um, But I have definitely talked about the major logs. I've done uh, N3FJP. I've done Ham Radio... um, Ham Radio (coughs) DX? What was the other one? Ham Radio Deluxe. Ham Radio Deluxe. I've definitely done that. In fact, I talked about that with satellite tracking. QRZ logbook. Yeah, I, I talked about how to interface them with your. So basically, let me let me let me boil this down. Does does the email keep going? Am I talking too early? 
Yes. Yeah, go ahead and finish, then I'll, I'll go on my little diatribe. The last item is QSL cards or digital QSL cards. I've done cards. that too. <laughs> okay, so I made a video on QSL cards, and, and I talked about the Bureau. If you're doing international QSOs, I've talked about all of that. So yes, that absolutely exists. I'm actually going to be putting out a QSLing video again soon on uh, making your process more efficient. I've got a hot tip, a hot tool to make your QSLing even easier for those of you that get a lot of QSL cards like I do. Okay, so the, the thing to keep in mind with logging things is that you generally, where, where you're logging your computer, let's call it your shack computer, the easiest situation is it's, it's a computer, one computer. You want all of your logs to come into a central logging hub. Ham Radio Deluxe, N3FJP, there's another one that I always forget that's also very, very fully featured. Many, many people, and oh gosh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to remember it right now. I'll look it up in a second. The, the goal here is to get all your FT8 contacts, all your single sideband contacts, all your CW contacts into one logging location. And there's a myriad of ways of doing that. In fact, I've done videos on how to connect your FT8 logs into things like FT, uh, FT3, N3FJP and ham radio deluxe the trick is once you have those set up those those core logging entities you then connect your qrz logons and your logbook of the worlds to your logger and they will then distribute your qso's for confirmations out from your logbook from that application so that's how you do it you got to centralize all your qso's in one spot and then let that thing whatever it is pick your poison Again, N3FJP, Ham Radio Deluxe are the ones I'm most familiar with, and let them distribute it out to QRZ and also to uh, Logbook of the World. Or Club Log, I also post a Club Log. Now, caveat, big caveat, QRZ.com, you only get the convenience uh, things if you are a subscriber. If you're not subscribed on QRZ, then you can't push your contacts from your logger into QRZ. You have to go in and manually upload your log to it. So that is kind of a pain. Um, that's one of the reasons why I'm a platinum uh, subscriber on QRZ. I think the uh, I think the website's worth it uh, for myriad reasons, really good forums. Well, mostly good forums, lots of good information in the forums if you look through it a bit. And the logging software is really good. And the logging, you know, that's what a lot of people use. Now, to the first comment on having a web space for ham radio, yes and no. Um, I think that the WYSIWYG tools, which WYSIWYG is software designer speak for um, what you see is what you get, tools in the editor for QRZ is very straightforward. You can make your... You can make a MySpace-esque page um, that can go on your QRZ page. Very easy, very quickly. You can upload pictures. You can do all kinds of fun stuff. And that's your that's your web space for your call sign. And that's great. I mean, do that. You should do that. I don't know that it needs a video alone just for QRZ. But I've, I've covered most of this stuff, I feel. All right. Yeah. I have to look up that log now. Well, Nim, it sounds like... A trip through the archives for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to call you out, but yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of that I, I've definitely done. Uh, N1MM was the other logger. I've played around with that a little, a little. I know a lot of people. Connor, Connor, shout out to Connor. Likes uh, N1MM. 
All right, Nim, I hope that answers your questions. Nim signs off 73KN6KTX. Thank you very much. The next email is titled Prep Corner and Merch Idea. And this is from Adam. Adam was our... uh, Atom? Like up and at them? No, Adam. Adam. Up and at them. He is our resident Coogs fan. Oh, okay. Now he knows what's up. Leah and Josh, first, a simple preparedness hack. Freeze a bag of water with a coin in it. Put a Sharpie dot on the bag where the coin is and place it face up in the freezer once it is froze. If you have to get out for a while or the power is out and you do not have backup, it can tell you if the freezer food thawed out or not. Because if it did, the coin will sink to the other side. Oh, from my experience with wildfires knocking out power uh, and such in north central Washington here, it works pretty good. So there's no needless, there's no needless waste of food. Second, since my email last week, I came up with the merch idea. Watching Rob and Big the other day, I see Rob wearing one of his rogue status gun show t-shirts. What if you did the same type of pattern, but instead of guns, use radios, maybe a silhouette of an HT, a mobile, an antenna, and maybe just the Helvetica HRCC thrown into the mix? Robin Big, what a throwback. <laughs> wow, I didn't expect a Robin Big reference. I don't know what Robin Big is. Rob, um, Rob is a pro skater, and Big was like his bodyguard. Uh-huh. And they did these show. and he's a, Big is a, is a big dude um and so rob would do these crazy like skateboard stuff and all that and, and big would just be like kind of off camera like giving them crap got it <laughs> it's got pretty it. it's Heckling pretty awesome him. rob actually it is it is the most wholesome skateboarding thing i've ever seen in my life it is mm. awesome it, it's it's a very good show um how old is this show it, it goes back i think is it jackass days like back when 2006 i think is when it's yeah skateboarders I'm had had TV shows that were... Yeah, yeah, like where skateboarders were... They were the influencers. Yeah. <laughs> Half of the people on Jackass were skateboarders. Uh, Adam, I actually do have to look this up because I'm not familiar with what the Rogue Status Gun Show shirt looks like. And sadly, Big passed away. Oh, That was what I remembered about this. Is That was that that was real tough. That was that was a tough time. Yeah. But if we make it, you will get one. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go back in and look at some of the episodes because I don't I don't remember them being a lot of like gun stuff on Rob. So I, I've got to go. Huh. Look. Well, Adam signs off one X listener, Adam W.A.7.C.U.G. Go Cougs. P.S. <laughs> sent via Vara Winling Ooh. through a DX relay. Oh, OK, cool. Very cool. Nice. You're really getting that wind link out. The I ne- sent my email to another continent to have it then <laughs> go through a cable under the water to yes. get to you. Yes. I like it. Did you know that the cables just hang there? Of course, Leia. Yeah. The, because the you floor can't of get the ocean to the bottom. is super down yeah. there, super far down there. Just hangs there. Nothing gets caught on it. It's real. Oh, I'm sure lots of things are caught on it. What are you talking about? <laughs> Nothing is destroying it. <laughs> that was a thing for a while. There was like a um, a worry that terrorists will just go cut the internet cables. Because why not? Like, why not? You could just do that. 
You're just going to go out and give terrorist ideas like that right now? I mean, (laughs) okay. What if we hold our breath really long? Oh, no. You you need air, bud. (laughs) And that's not me saying you need air, bud, the basketball playing golden retriever. (laughs) You need air, buddy, to go down to that level. It's confusing. I know. When I say it that way. They're remaking so many basketball movies. I know. Now that we got Space Jam. (laughs) Yeah. The kids are watching Space Jam, and I'm like, dude, Rick and Morty is in this. This is, what is happening right now? Rick and Morty is in the new Space Jam. Did Edison you know that? has decided that the activity he wants to pick up that is just his own is basketball. <laughs> and I, I think it's your Space kid. Jam. He is I your son. I think it's Space Jam. He is your son. I do. I do like watching basketball. That is my well, there spectator you go. You can watch him play basketball. If there is a, a side. Actually, I like watching tennis, too. And I could also get behind golf because... Watching golf? Like no, not said, watching golf. Okay. Because... I'm glad you clarified because I, I, I'm I not saying... I think it would be fun to get out on the greens with the kids for like a day for practicing. I, I, I am filled with a sense of peace when golf is on the television. It's yes. very peaceful. Uh-huh. Just like the Westminster Dog Show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. It's a real peace point for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. That more so with the with, with with the Westminster Dog Show. But watching sports in general to me always just makes me get really antsy. You see me when I you see me when I get really antsy. It's mm-hmm. like I I gotta go do something. You do this at baseball games. I know. I can't. I this can't. is. I think we've had really great seats because of my work. We get free tickets for uh, baseball games. Yeah. And it used to be. In box suite, and literally, and uh, yeah, it was a the company box. got rid of the box suite, and now it's just behind the diamond. Uh, it's like the diamond club area, right? Oh, the diamond club sounds fancy, but it's just there's just seats behind the diamond. Shout out to the people who know what that was from. Okay, so okay, <laughs> but when we went from suite seats. Mm-hmm. To behind the diamond seats, you no longer stayed anywhere. <laughs> At least in the suite, you can sit in the seats and then you get up and you go back into the suite. You have some drinks, you <laughs> eat some food, you walk around. Do some things. Yeah. I was like leaving the suite just to walk around and like look at the other boxes. Like yeah. what are the, because they all have plaques on there. Like I was looking at the other companies. I wanted to know what other companies were there. I was just like, all that stuff fascinates me. The, right. the, the inner workings of all of this. And, uh, you are going to have a hard time when the kids get into sports. <laughs> if the kids get into there's sports. There's Josh. He's setting up a vertical antenna on the backstop. <laughs> what a banger. Actually, I want to know. Hmm. Uh, parents out there that are hams and your kids are in sports, what do you do? I've got do the just, clandestine radio. I'll just have a Bluetooth earpiece and I'll just be working contacts. Do you just go I'll set up in the outfield? My... You set up the outfield, your whole thing, and you're watching the game from... Josh is in the outfield. He's on the field, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he set up a hex beam. That looks like an upside-down umbrella. <laughs> you go to some really fancy kid sports games where there are announcers. <laughs> You know what's funny is the, the, like when you go to when you go to like so I I'm thrown back to like when your when your sister was doing like the travel ball thing they had announcers and it's always like high school kids that are doing the announcement it's like now to bat <laughs> Lily 
She likes the webkins. I, I was talking to my mom today. I was like, my experience with my sister being in travel softball is the reason why I am petrified. I, I am hoping that the kids don't get so good at a sport that they end up in travel ball. That's like the, yeah, I mean, that's, what a, what a crazy thing, right, when you think about it. <laughs> my kid is good at this. He's, they're so good that they have to travel to other cities to, to beat on those other kids. kids that are also very good. Also very good. <laughs> and, and they don't, sometimes they don't even travel to like their own city. Like, hey, I'll play you in your city and then you come play me in my city. No, we're going to go to Ohio. Yes. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> my family wild. traveled to so many like I went on vacations with your sister playing softball, and I was that just was like, "That was the vacation." I was, was like, <laughs> "And I'm here now. What am I doing and, here?" And it was, and it was never that we would just go to the city and then be able to do things while the tournaments were going on. It was like, no, you're there, and you got to watch all the tournament games. That you're you're literally sitting there hoping for them to keep you at the softball field longer. Because yeah, that's what happens when the team progresses to the championship. It was it was always wild though, because like I never I never really did this, but um, the dads, the dads after the games get tossed. They were getting trashed. They were. I mean, like I think half of the pack out was booze. You know, <laughs> it's like they all got Ford excursions, and they've got like two coolers <laughs> in there. One of it's Gatorade and the other one's just whatever dad's beer is. And he's drinking that whole thing and then dumping the water on his buddy yeah. with this thing at the end of the, the weekend. Dude, they got smashed. Oh, I know. So many mad moms. Yeah. because the and, and what's hilarious about that is, a, so I think a lot of it was like the dad's kind of the energy of the father was kind of mm-hmm. creating the situation. And and the moms are getting dragged into this, and now they're dealing with their own daughter who's teenaged, yes. and then all the other daughters. Yeah, and it turns into this mom like huddle of how did we get here? <laughs> well, the moms are taking care of making sure the uniforms are washed I, for the next day. They've got like hours of things to do yeah. <laughs> after their kids were sliding around in the dirt. Yeah, it's wild. And then the kids go to the pool. The dads are getting drunk by the pool, not actually making. Not sure. watching them at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. They could be and drowning. Then, we don't yeah. know. It's just, just us. <laughs> is this anybody else's trouble? Is anybody else seeing this? <laughs> and I, I, I definitely was Bao Fang man at that time. So I definitely had like a Bao Fang. Yeah. And so then I'm the dude. That's like trying to find the local repeaters. And we're like, I got to talk about what's going on here. <laughs> got to tell somebody. You run into another dad that's on the opposing team <laughs> on the repeater. Then there's just like crap talking. <laughs> on the frequency? Yeah. About the other team. And I'm like, hey, dad, did you, you got to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next email is titled, Flinging It. And this is from Doug. Dear Leia and Josh, let me start by saying I love the podcast. Thank you so much. Leia's voice is easy to listen to, and Josh is well-versed in the different aspects of ham radio. Thank thank you. I'm just finishing. Josh has a voice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You don't have to compliment me on, voice, on my voice. I don't care. <laughs> Leia sounds like well, thank an you. angel. And Josh <laughs> knows some things. I'm just finishing episode 101 after listening to the episode 100 Cuban jamming podcast during a trip to Strasburg, Strasburg, Pennsylvania. Is that right? Did I say that right? Man, I is there a T in it? S T R A. Gotta gotta get that T in there. Yeah, Strasburg. That trip was to take a train excursion behind the Queen of the Rails, J611, Norfolk, and Western steam engine. Oh, we got a rail fan in there. Makes sense. A nine-hour road trip for a 45-minute train ride. You understand, right? Thanks for My a lengthy podcast. My sister knows of you. Yes. For us, it's a two-hour parking experience. <laughs> No, no, and, he's he's a rail fanner, and so yeah. yes, my sister knows about rail fans, right? They're people that are. The other term is foamer, which we've explained on the. I podcast. think that might be derogatory. I think it is. Yeah. It, rail fanning is the yes. is the appropriate term. <laughs> Thanks for the lengthy podcast. You are so welcome. No problem. We had a first class coach. And there was only one other couple on the last trip of the day. Ooh, nice. While waiting to start, I took out my cell phone, which happens to have Echolink installed. Oh, cool. I was able to make a train mobile Echolink contact. Train to train contact? I'm kidding. (laughs) With my home repeater in Elkhart, Indiana. Not RF, I know, but still cool. Yeah, still cool. My wife took a video of the contact and I'll be posting it on my channel. Cool. Yeah, there's there's no link. Is there? Oh, there is a link. Okay. okay. I'm, I'll post your links in the show notes. After visiting the train museum in Strasbourg, we headed back across the state, naturally stopping at the Hershey factory in Hershey, Pennsylvania. A definite must do. Now, I have to know, does the air around the Hershey factory just smell like chocolate all the time? You just, it's like somebody is piping out the smell it's of like chocolate. willy wonka's yeah. factory <laughs> as we approach pittsburgh we realized how close we were to the 9-11 flight 93 memorial oh so we got off the highway wow. and headed in that direction i would recommend checking it out if you're ever in the area cool. never forget definitely never, never forget, forget. Yep. just one of the most massive tragedies of that our generation has ever seen. I mean, it's our generation's Pearl Harbor, but it's worse than, well, th- that was a tragedy too. I don't want to take anything away from Pearl Absolutely Harbor, not. but there were, there were, a, it was all civilians, right? It was a civilian target. That's the thing that, you know, I think is what separates them a bit. Yeah. Could you imagine you, you got up that day and you went to work, right? Just a normal day. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's wild. That's that's the wild. That's the stuff when you think about that. When you put yourself in the shoes of people, and you're like, man, that's what that's what messes me up when I start thinking that way. It's. Like, I mean, but uh, why civilians what? also died in Pearl Harbor? I'm not, I'm not right, taking away right. from that, but <laughs> it was all civilians in, in 9/11. I just I I can't <coughs> even wrap my mind around what somebody might be thinking they're doing. By devastating that, no, by devastating that many lives. Oh, yeah, no. 
Those people weren't even, they weren't military. They were, they're civilians. They're just, it was just purely an act of terrorism. It's just so it, It's kind of wild to me, too, that they use, like, Microsoft Flight Simulator to, to learn the layout of the cockpit and all the things that they had to do. And that that worked. Well, I mean, it's it's a it's a superior flight simulator. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not like my Animal Crossing flight simulator. <laughs> no. Where the planes are on sticks and they go right, and right. bounce around. I just it makes me so sad. Oh no, for it. sure. Uh, Doug continues. I've had my mobile setup packed for the trip: a Yaesu FT eight nine one, along with a forty meter and twenty with 40 meter and 20 meter hamsticks, a mag mount and my battery box. After going through the memorial, I moved my car to the back of the parking lot to be respectful of others and not cause any concern with a wired ammo can battery. Good call. I activated this wonderful POTA site using SSB on 20 meters. I felt very honored to be able to do this. Conditions were good. And we even worked a DX station from Spain. It was a good day, and I'll be posting a video as well. Hey, that's a really good idea is go to some of these like historic sites like that and, and do more POTA from there. Mm-hmm. If somebody's local, like, you know, that, that knows where that, that memorial is, I mean, that's, that's a good POTA spot. It is. I think people would like to make contact there. That'd be cool. Sorry to be long-winded, but two things. One, when I was dating my wife, her family owned a boarding stable, 29 stalls, lots of horse poo. Yeah. I helped her clean stalls many times, and I have to admit that come mid-January, we would, on occasion, throw frozen horse poo over the stall walls at one another. Taking one on the head was similar to a golf ball, just saying. Oh, man, don't don't throw poo. <laughs> this is, I mean, I know they were already together, but this is like a meat cute. Yeah. Were you throwing, you threw, you threw your horse's frozen poo on me. Okay. Two, we don't have a Vietnamese restaurant close. However, we do have a Cambodian restaurant about 15 minutes from my work. What would be the closest entree to some of your favorite Vietnamese cuisine? Cambodian food doesn't dial in straight up. Um, Cambodian food overlaps with Vietnamese food only in the way that both overlap with Chinese food. Yeah. Because there's a lot of Cambodian Chinese. Yeah. Um, and and it's also, so not having seen the food, but that could have multiple influences for Cambodia, right? There, there are other adjacent countries mm-hmm. that, the, the, you know, the people shared recipes and spices and all that stuff. So I don't know what's on the menu either. So it's kind of tough to, we'd have to know what the menu was, I guess. You'd have to send us a picture so there is one dish i think that might transcend um both vietnam and cambodia that's also very uh entry level i would say okay and it is uh shaken beef oh it is cubed i want to say it's filet mignon that's and, your sister's favorite dish what's it called ball of luck Ah, I remember. You got it. Oh, all right, all right. And it's it's stir fried with a um, with like different seasonings and sauce. But I think both cultures actually have that dish. No one will not like that dish if they eat meat. If they eat steak, everyone will love that dish. It's very good. Yeah, it's it's served with rice. Um, no, <laughs> shut your mouth. 
(laughs) You know what? When I was a kid, my family only served rice with steak, which is delicious, by the way. Yeah, I I didn't. We definitely served rice with steak, but it was like long grain rice. It was like Uncle Ben's rice. And we put butter on it. So when I was a kid, the first time my parents took me to a restaurant in which I was allowed to order steak, it was a very nice French restaurant. Oh, and, oh I see where this is going. But they served a potato puree with it, mm-hmm. right? And I confusingly looked at it. And I was like, when I was allowed to order, mm-hmm. I'd say it was probably close to Ben's age at this time. Who's Excuse seven. me, sir, I'd like some rice. Yes, and then the rice came out and it was a pilaf, and I was so upset. I was like, I don't... I'm sorry, I don't want your trash. <laughs> you just can't put anything in rice and say it's rice. And I, I realize now telling this story why our kids are the way they are about food. Because I think at that meal, I wasn't even willing to eat the steak. They, When I didn't like the rice pilaf, okay. they kindly offered me what I assume are palm frites. They said, there's French fries. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no. Let me ask you a question. None of this. I'm not eating any of this now. <laughs> I, I realized something that I grew up with a lot, and it's never come up in our discussions. I don't know that we've ever talked about it. Chicken patties? I know you no. eat a lot of chicken patties. No. Rice aroni. I know what rice aroni is. Have you had it? Yeah, probably at least once. At least once? Yeah. That was a staple. That was our rice. Rice aroni. Not plain white rice? What's no. wrong with plain white rice? Very rarely did we have plain white rice. Well, we did, but it was like minute rice. It was long grain rice. So another reason why everybody should own an instant pot. It's very easy to cook rice. And have good rice. Yeah. Get yourself some jasmine rice and enjoy your life. But yes, yeah, so um, the shaken beef, which expect that it will be cubed beef. Right. That is like stir fried, usually with onions and garlic or something. It's like good. It, yeah. It's just, it's good. What do they call that? I mean, what's the Cambodian dish? I name? don't know. Okay. I, ju- I But I do know that it uh, is across both. There's also something that is, um, it's not exactly Vietnamese, but actually it's probably like Thai Cambodian, but it is a similar flavor profile to a lot of Vietnamese dishes. And it's like a boat noodle. It uses organ meat. That is a much more advanced dish. If you don't like awful meats, that's not something you should touch because there is. What qualifies it as a boat noodle? I don't know. I'm assuming it originated um, with boat vendors, but I'm not sure. Do you know? No, Are I don't. But I'm, I'm assuming the same thing. Yeah. I was assuming boat vendors. All right. Well, I hope you have a great time trying some Cambodian dishes. I think it's cool that there's a nice little pocket of something different, you know, where they live. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Doug signs up. We actually have to drive to get to Cambodian food. Yeah, it's we in Long, get to Beach. Long Beach. Yeah. yeah, there's a Cambodia town, and it, it Cambodia Cambodian food has overlap with more Chinese food. My uncle's actually Cambodian Chinese, not like Cambodian blood, but that's where his family ended up immigrating mm-hmm. to. 
All right. Well, Doug signs off. Keep up all the great work and look forward to getting both of you down on the log. Leia, stay the course to general. It's definitely worth it. And you're doing a fantastic job. Yeah. So people who get Leia in the logbook, that's like, that's an achievement. <laughs> There's only one person in my logbook right now. <laughs> no, but remember you... No, that was before you had a contact. That was under my call sign. Yes. Yeah, there's actually very few people who have a CUSA with you. There's one person. It's you. Uh, it's- <laughs> yeah, I mean, the repeater. you had repeater contacts with some people. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You got BB in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I did do, with with your call sign, some HF. Yes, but that was, again, my call sign. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's uh, 73s from Doug, KB8M. And uh, Doug also has a website, www.nw8rt, I'm sorry, nwart.org. So I'll drop that in the show notes. Thank you so much for writing it, Doug. All right. The next email is from Chuck. It is a t-shirt idea. He actually had a question. Yes, the correct email to send t-shirt ideas is leah at hamtactical.com. Yes. And um, the criteria for submitting is you send the idea, we read it on the podcast, and if we laugh hard enough... If Josh, or Josh gets, gets excited really excited enough excited about enough, it, then you're pretty much good. Uh, and it's within my skills as <laughs> to make mm-hmm. then. We will likely uh, make it and uh, send you one. Uh, Chuck says, I hope no one else has thought of it. RFI Hunter with Indiana Jones hat and some RFI hash. I'll leave it up to you. I'm a graphic artist and a t-shirt printer, but I can't put it all together. I know if anyone could, you can. Love your work. I ordered the extra t-shirt because I like the big design logo and I'm an extra. If you have the time, check out my artwork, um, and I will drop Thank Chuck's uh, link in the show notes. Chuck, I love this idea so much because one of my favorite things is hunting RF. I I think somebody has suggested RFI Hunter previously. I, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, it is a love-hate relationship with hunting RF. I think it's a part of our mm-hmm. nature as hams to hunt down RF and try and kill it. The problem I have is I, I'm not trying to like copy the indiana jones thing um that's the trick with that right when you start doing the fedora and you know all that Mm. stuff but i think you could i think you could probably i don't know we'd have to workshop that a little bit because now we're running into like putting my face on something no which we haven't i think it's actually as simple as the um the rfi like signal something Mm -hmm. that looks like an rfi signal as a boulder and looks like it's rolling through a um, a tunnel with... You're trying to create a shirt from the opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> where the boulder is RFI and I'm running away from it? Yes. I guess that's not really hunting, though. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. It, it's found me <laughs> at that point. Actually... The boulder is a touch lamp. <laughs> Just a touch lamp yeah. rolling at me. That's pretty good. That's a, yeah, there you go. That's, that's, the, that's the fix. All right, Chuck. Thank you so much for your email. We're down to the last two emails, and they're from our uh, 
our honorary co-podcast producers. Uh, uh, wow. Rob and Nathan. <laughs> okay, so who got the first the first runner up for the last email? The email is titled, This makes me want to have another son and name him Edison. <laughs> this is from Rob. God. Edison's getting all the love right now. Hello, parents of Ben and Edison. This involves your child's namesake, your child's namesake, plus Morse code, plus playback speed, plus a little romance. Perfect for the podcast. Oh, okay. You probably already get, get know written, this. Grab your pearls. <laughs> it's gonna get sexy on the podcast. You probably already know this, but a year after Thomas Edison's first wife died, he proposed to his second wife by tapping Morse code in her hand. She responded yes in the same manner. Really? He taught her Morse code so that they could communicate privately when others were around. Interesting. Earlier in his life, Edison was trying to develop a way to speed up the transmission of telegraph messages over the newly laid transatlantic cable when he stumbled upon the phonograph. A 1977 New York Times article tells the story. Here are a few paragraphs. After landing a job as a railroad telegrapher, Edison became enthralled by the new and still mysterious domain of electrical devices. Sleeping only three or four hours, he worked feverishly each night to improve the still primitive technology of the telegraph. A uh, huge napper, though. Edison was a big proponent of napping. By his mid-twenties, he had developed a splendidly sophisticated method permitting multiple messages to be sent in opposite directions on the same telegraph wire. In early 1877, Edison was fiddling with a gadget to emboss the dot-dash pattern of Morse code on tinfoil wrapped around a rotating cylinder. Recorded at the telegrapher's normal speed, the roll could then be spun rapidly in playback to send out the pulses at a faster rate than attainable by hand and thus permit more messages to be sent on crowded cables. Wild. While whirring the recorded cylinder, Edison discovered that the dots and dashes, when speeded up to the range of audible frequencies and jiggling the feeler stylus, made a chattering noise reminiscent of speech in a strange language. It was this accidental impression that suggested to Edison the possibility of a talking machine that would record and reproduce speech vibrations through a moving membrane attached to a tin horn. That's where he came up with the idea with the wax cylinder and then later the the Edison uh, phonograph. At some time in 1877... Oh, the... Earlier it was, okay, I see. At some time in 1877, Edison made a crude pencil sketch of the planned device and handed it to John Crusey, a Swiss watchmaker who was his most dexterous, dexterous assistant. The instructions scribbled at the bottom were simple. Crusey, make this. Edison. Good. <laughs> I like a man that can delegate. It was on December 6th, 1877, that Edison first conversed with his new invention about Mary's little lamb. When the machine 
recognizably produced Edison's voice, Krusey turned pale and invoked the protection of the Holy Ghost in German. Yeah. Edison himself was dumbfounded. I was never so taken aback in all my life. He later admitted and participants in the first public demonstrations generally believed it was a ventriloquist trick until their own voices spoke to them through the horn. Yep. Leia, I am attaching a PDF for of the article for your show notes, plus a Word document with a transcript for easier reading. Rob, A plus Rob is always podcast like, producing. Po- number one podcast researcher. Oh, absolutely. Rob, for sure. Yes. And very good storyteller. Yeah, well, this, Maybe the this best. was an excerpt from a, yeah. a, a New York Times article. That he provided. I, but thank you, Rob. Yeah, thank Always you, Rob. with the ham radio education. I, I want to go out on a limb and say that I think Edison is vilified too much for the history of, of the time. And I think Nikola Tesla is bolstered too much for what he actually accomplished. Did you see that TikTok? Oh, I think you actually were the one who sent that TikTok about the guy who's who, building the wireless power transmitter in his yes. backyard and it uh-huh. looks like a death trap. Yes. Yeah, I think it's super cool. Is he using barbed wire? <laughs> maybe, maybe. But no, I'm I'm serious. Like I I think um I think Edison was a skilled and adept business person and obviously from this story he was an ideas person. Right. He came up with ideas. He wasn't necessarily the person to implement the ideas. Well, and, it sounds like Crucy didn't have any idea what he was making. He was just giving schematics right, or right, right, right. drawing, and then he made them, right. not having any, any idea what the potential was for. Which, I mean, actually... Or, or even purpose. So let, let's put that into perspective. The ability to come up with an idea and convey it in a way that someone who has no idea what they're building can make it, mm-hmm. delegating it to that person for the sole creation of it in a prototype, that's... Very a skill difficult. set. That's yeah. that's a skill set. Like Absolutely. that should be appreciated in in our time, in any time. The ability for somebody to do that. I like Tesla. Very important. Not the company. The person. Not the company. The person. <laughs> not Elon. Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan of Elon. Not Evil Musk. Not Evil Musk. <laughs> I think though that people are too up Tesla's butt a little bit. I, I think that that's something that um, very talented. I'm not saying I, I'm going to do anything better than Tesla ever in my life, ever, ever, ever. But I think we vilify Edison too much. I really do. Not our child. Right. He's deservedly vilified <laughs> for the, the, the horrible things that he does. But I mean, the, the historic figure of Thomas Edison. All anyway, right. Before great, I. Great email. Yes. Thank you, Rob. Um, so. Rob signs off, 73, Rob in Corpus Christi. Now, I before I get to the final email, I want to note that Charlie Beerworth actually sent in a podcast audio drop. And I think he sent it to us both, and I'm not sure if you got it in. But his email says, Josh and Leah attached an audio drop is the northbound train mm. is arriving jingle for Core Rail, the subway train station in Korea. I have it set as my text alert tone when my ringer is on. It's a fun jingle, and I just wanted to share it with you in case you could find a place to fit it in the podcast. I did. If not, no worries. 73, Charlie, KI5KBN. Well, so Charlie, I did load it on the board because I love the jingle so much, and so we're going to play it for everybody, and here it goes. 
It's great. What a it's so happy, happy. sound. I, I, and I sent him back. I was like, that is the like the happiest little jingle. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Wonderful drop. And if anybody wants to give us a drop, um, please do include me on the email. That yes. would be hoshnasi at gmail.com. And note that it's a, it's a, a podcast. Say like drop, drop somewhere in there because yeah. then I can search for them. Uh, but yeah, if you if you would love to share a drop with us, I would I would love that because that's one of my um, my favorite things with this new board setup that I, I think have. that's as happy a jingle as the jingle that our old rice cooker used to make when rice was done. That that was a um, that was a <laughs> tough night in the house in the Nas household. So we had a um, zojirushi. It was a wedding gift. The zojirushi is. Among rice cookers, the top tier of rice cookers, as far as I know. And you said I don't that you know. didn't know at that time, though. I had no idea. No yeah. idea. Like, yeah. so when, and, 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 and I want to go even a step further. This came from our, my side of the family, mm-hmm. a back east, the, the Philadelphia Nasses, uh, Massachusetts Nasses, that sent us the Zojirushi. And I was like, oh, this is cool. It's a it's a rice cooker, and Leia was ecstatic, ecstatic when it came. Made in. Made the best rice ever. It was the best rice, best and rice kept, cooker I've so ever had. The other really great thing about rice cookers, if you're not familiar with them, mm-hmm. is that they will keep rice fresh in the pot and hot for days. That's yeah. what a very good rice cooker will do. And also it fully seals. Now let me just say, um, it aids in your washing the rice. And if the message is not clear, let me say it in a way TikTok will understand. Wash your rice! <laughs> you have to wash the rice a couple of times, three to four times until the water generally runs clear. Yeah. But the the little bowl that it cooks in makes it really easy because normally, if you've ever made rice before, you use the knuckle method, right? You you, you touch your, your finger to the top of the rice. Yeah. And then when it gets... Actually, for good rice, I go a little bit lower than my knuckle. Well, everybody's uh, top first uh, marker knuckle is different. Right. So you've got to figure out Yours where is it is on mine. your finger. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you got to figure out where it's at. But mine is lower than my actual, like, knuckle point. But once you figure that out, that's, like, how rice works. Like, once you figure that out, you're good. But the Zojirushi makes it all really easy. You just put it, – it has a measuring cup. Mm-hmm. You put the rice in, and then you fill the water up to the line, and then that's it. Oh, all rice cookers do that. Our, the Instant Pot doesn't. That's not like a dedicated rice cooker. Oh, okay, but that's my point. Okay. So you, you have to then, your skills have to cover you yeah. if you don't have this this technology. Fair enough. The Zojirushi did that. It was the best rice cooker we ever owned, and then I dropped a ladder on it. Yes. An and entire you had, ladder. you had no idea how much it was worth. And, I was and like, then I found out later. Yeah, that's a three hundred dollar rice cooker. I was pissed at myself. Yeah, I'm still mad. And that ne- was like I've never replaced it. Years I have, ago, I have never replaced. We've it gone. With- we've gone to many an Asian market, and I'm like, we can just buy a Zojirushi right now. And you're like, no, <laughs> you no. live with your choices. Never, never do that. <laughs> never. It's going to be a Christmas gift, I think. You will, you will always have to live with subpar rice. <laughs> you will always have to <laughs> live with the shame <laughs> of killing a Zojirushi rice maker. <laughs> and the problem was, it wasn't th- something I could fix. Because no. the, the, it's a membrane touchpad. 
Yeah. Once you ruin that thing, you're done. Like you can't do anything about it. I the the ladder hit so hard it 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 broke the membrane and I think it cracked the little platform that the um it pushed in the lid. Yeah, it was bad. It was yeah. bad. That was a yeah sturdy ladder. So don't break your uh, rice cookers. Yeah, or or just get it out of the construction area. I guess that would have been a, a good idea. <laughs> in hindsight. All right. Well, it's time for. You have now reached the last email. This is titled Pie Wars, A New Hope from <coughs> none other than Nathan. Nathan with the last email. K1MAZ. Mm-hmm. To, li- <laughs> to the life jugglers. <laughs> Greetings. I come to you this week to continue to talk about my build a pie setup. Last week, I said I had an issue with the pie reading the micro SD card. Josh said to reflash the SD card if it wasn't recognizing it. Unfortunately, the computer wasn't able to recognize any card in the reader slot when I put it in. I tested a different SD card of a smaller size. I had to make sure the slot was working and it read fine. Hmm. I really did a doozy on the card. So that is what necessitated getting a different card at the store. I mean, did he try to read? Okay. So Nathan will reply um, to this question. The, the card that wasn't responding to the computer, meaning you couldn't reflash it, did you try to reformat it first using whatever system tools available for you on your on your computer? I don't know. But generally, you have to, like, reformat and then reflash if you, if you bricked it. But anyway, keep going. Well, it doesn't matter because after doing all this, it worked right good. away. Yeah, so you got a new card and it's good. Okay, good. I was well chuffed. Chuffed? Chuffed. Ch- chuffed. That is a British British slang word for very pleased. The only issue I had was making sure that the baud rate was correct and the other settings to make rig control work for the FT8, JS8, and the like. One weird thing, but not unexpected, I would get audio into the pie and the waterfall fine would see FT8 stations populate on the left side, but when I would call back to their CQ after transmitting... I would have no audio input at all. <clears throat> the only way to get it back that I saw was restarting the Pi. Sounds like RF. Could it be the inexpensive USB type B dropping the USB connection between the Pi and the 7300? Yeah, it sounds like RF. I have seen other hands buy a USB B cable with built-in ferrite bead. May this or resolve? Just, so um, or a you? shielded, shielded cable. You need to okay. get a shielded cable and you may need um, a wraparound ferrite. Okay. Or do you know of another solution? Yeah, I mean, get a shielded cable and, and do the wraparound ferrite. In non-ham radio information, I thought it was very clear that Rob and I corresponded to arrange our emails and other things. Good producers talk to one another. Hi, Rob. <laughs> The collusion is known, yes. As a follow-up again, I have confirmed with my employer that I am off work for August 22nd to go to my first ham fest in Adams, Massachusetts. This event is connected to a ham club called No Bark, which manages the gray the Mount Greylock repeater that's great atop the tallest mountain in Massachusetts and has one of the widest coverage areas of the East coast. It is in Berkshire County. That's pronounced Berkshire. Okay. Thank Berkshire you. County. Thank you. 
Any and all are welcome, I am sure, for $5. Last I knew, I believe Russ said he is planning on going, so maybe others would like to attend as well. I'm sure I will be wearing one of my HRCC There you go. I was going to say, wear your HRCC shirts. Perhaps even my new HRCC two-sided 1X crew shirt. Ooh. Nice. There you go. I have yapped enough. May the sky waves be with you always. If you only knew the power of the ham ticket. No, I am your Elmer. I find your lack of ham radios disturbing. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is, uh, that's. That's very true. That is very true. 73 K1 MAZ Nathan in Vermont. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Not really. Sorry, not everybody will get that. Sometimes I am just blue. (laughs) I didn't get that. Hey, Nathan, I hope you got that working um, and you find that shielded cable. And that's probably what the problem is. Great. Yeah. And there we are. There we go. Okay. Thank you, everybody who wrote in. Thank you. We yes, love indeed. the email. We do. And uh, there's so much knowledge in these emails. We cover a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we cover we cover some ham radio. I don't want anybody to think that that was not ham radio loaded. You look back and you're like, I want, I listen to this whole thing. There's no ham radio anywhere. There anywhere. was a lot of ham radio. There was a lot of ham radio. Yeah. It's just interspersed with many other things. Yes. And as life should be, it should be a part of your regular vernacular. You, as a ham radio operator, your responsibility is to bring up ham radio as much as you can in everyday discussion. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do this. <laughs> don't do this. Oh, yeah. Please don't do that. But I am generally, I, I am the guy that has all my QSL cards like in my office. Mm-hmm. So when people come in and they're like, wow, what are all these? I'm like, you dumb bastard. <laughs> sit down. I'll pour you a sit, drink. You sit down. <laughs> you sit down right now. I will show you my QSL cards. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's, that's really a thing that happens too. Like people come in and like, so what's all this about? This is this is crazy. Who does this? <laughs> You've got these red uh, strings attached. Yeah, just crazy wall. And I'm like, I'm just pulling my hair out. Like, oh, okay, okay, check this out. This one goes to Korea. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, all right. No, I. And by the way, everybody I, I, needs a crazy wall. I, I have a. It's a curated QSL wall. So my okay. best QSL cards are on the wall. Only the best. Only the best. So if you're giving me a QSL card, if you send me a QSL card, which I do respond, it takes me a while, but I do respond. Um, by the way, those of you that send a self-addressed stamped envelope, um, get back a self-addressed stamped envelope QSL card. So yeah, I, I put it in there and I send it at you and it's going to be nice and pristine, of course. With that said, if you've got a really good artwork or like where you're from and landmass like type places, I put that up in the office and it's it's pretty cool. So yeah, that's what I do. QSL cards. Still doing it. Yeah. Keeping it strong. <laughs> All right, Leah, I think it's time. We're gonna learn with Leah as we go down the rabbit hole of the general test. All right. Well, I am on question twenty two of thirty five. Okay. The meat of it, the meat of the test. What, what should be done by any person preparing to climb a tower that supports electrically powered devices? 
A, notify the electric company that a person will be working on the tower. B, make sure all circuits that supply power to the tower are locked out and tagged. C, unground the base of the tower. Nice. D, yeah, all we gotta do right these... now is remove the grounding. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what we gotta do. D, all these choices are correct. It is B, make sure that Th- all that's circuits... That's a gimme. Yeah. <laughs> this might be a good one for you. Which of the following is a characteristic of a liquid crystal display? A, it has a relatively short lifetime. B, it offers a wide dynamic range. C, it consumes relatively high power. D, it uses ambient or backlighting. Okay, this is about an LCD. Yeah. (laughs) Why is this relevant to ham radio? There's a lot of LCDs. Okay, um, I I would think that it's either B, it offers a wide dynamic range. Why does that matter for a display? I guess it doesn't. I mean, no, it does, because you want a multitude of color options. Because <laughs> right? that's how they work? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or D, it utilizes ambient or backlighting. Uh, it utilizes ambient or backlighting. Yes. Yeah. Leah, think of every stupid PDA you've ever owned in your life (laughs) that has an LCD and you're like, I can't see shit. (laughs) This dumb device. It doesn't have a wide dynamic range. (laughs) It's it's like, I got to point at the sun so I could see this thing. Or or if you had, if you were a Tetris fan and you had a Game Boy, an original Game Boy, and you're sitting in your parents' car. Frustrating in the light. No, you need it in the light. You would literally like aim. You you tilt your body towards the light to be able to play the 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 Game Boy. Yes, and you just adjust the contrast. Which of the following components should be added to a capacitor to increase its capacitance? Mm. A an inductor in series. B a capacitor in parallel. C a capacitor in series. D a resistor in series. Mm. Why would you have to add a capacitor to a capacitor? To add capacitance. Really? Well, what's the question? Which of the following com- components should be added to a capacitor to increase the capacitance? Okay. What are capacitors do? You're going to add more than one capacitor? That's a thing? Sure. I was going to go with A, an inductor in series. What's that going to do? It's going to add inductance. Okay. You're really guiding me along out here. Okay. (laughs) Um, But you would add it in parallel or in series? That is the question. So in... I'm going to say in series. No, it's in parallel. All right. I have. (laughs) What happened? It's you add the capacitor in parallel. I answered in series. Would you, would you like to explain why that is? So if it's in series, 
Think of the flow of water, right? Uh-huh. So if if you had a, a trough that was feeding two okay. branching points. Yes. That's what parallel is. They branched off and mm-hmm. the water filled the capacitors. Mm-hmm. So they charged up all the water. Mm-hmm. If you added them in series, then it's still going to fill water, but it's not going to be the flow is going to keep going into the other devices. Mm. It's storing some of that in parallel to the other capacitors. Okay. That's, I, I, I think about water a lot when I think about electronics. I don't know if that's right. the right thing to do, but that's what I do. Okay. The next question is, how is an FSK signal generated? Oh. A, by changing an oscillator's frequency directly with the digital control signal... B, by keying an FM transmitter with a sub-audible tone. C, by using a transceiver's computer data interface protocol to change frequencies. D, by reconfiguring the CW keying input to act as a tone generator. This is knowing the acronym. I don't know what FSK is. Yeah, so. that's the acronym. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with... Can I, can I give you the acronym? Okay. Are we, are we cheating a little bit? The, well, today's all been cheating. Yeah, You've helped bit. me on like the okay. last three F- questions. FSK is frequency shift keying. Oh. <laughs> so uh, that helps a little bit. Um, so it's either A, by changing an oscillator's frequency directly with the digital control signal, or C, by using a transceiver's computer data interface protocol to change frequencies. I, I'm still. Well, frequency shift keying, what is that? What, how do you think that works then? I'm going to go with C. No, no, it's A. It's A, changing an oscillator's frequency directly with a signal control. Yeah. A digital it, so frequency system. shift keying is is using the changing of the frequency to send different data. That's literally how it works. Okay. The next question. The next email. The next question is, what dB change represents a factor of two increase or decrease in power? A, approximately 12 dB. B, approximately 2 dB. C, approximately 6 dB. D, approximately 3 dB. Mm. <laughs> this is also a, a conversion. It's, yeah. I, I We've talked about I don't DB remember before. if it's 3 or 6 for... To double uh, it? And then that would be 12. Oh, okay. No, it's 3 dB. No, there you go. A two increase. Okay, I don't. Yeah. It is super late right now. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Well, Leah, thank you for being a champ and continuing to strive through the general test. Thank you. Thank you. I think you did like six questions, actually. No. No? Mm -mm. That was five? Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, Well, we'll get there. Did I? No, that might be six. Oh, I don't know. I think I've closed the window now. You closed it. It was done. Yeah. (laughs) No way to find out. (laughs) It's over. All right. So we're going to continue on here. So let me mention again, I will be at the Huntsville Ham Fest and I hope you do all come out for that. If you can, of course, 
assuming it happens, we don't know what's going on right now. There are literal um, what what's the what's the term you like to use? The panoramic. The yes, pan- the panoramic. The panoramic <laughs> is happening right now, um, and Alabama is actually not great with the panoramic. So, I I think the show must go on. But um, who knows what's going to happen after that? Uh, but I, 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 I gave Josh a new piece of information that I think hasn't shooketh about COVID, and it is that some men who get COVID end up with permanent erectile dysfunction. So that's a thing. There, there's a thing. <laughs> that doesn't sound great. <laughs> I want to erectile. <laughs> I just can't. I know it doesn't work that way, but, uh, you know. Okay. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know, but that that information came out of the Cleveland Clinic, so. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen with uh with with Huntsville. Um I I think that I think the show's still going to go on. I really do. But actually as as much as I think it was going to be like the biggest event, like the biggest ham radio event since COVID, I actually think I'm dialing it back a little bit. I think people are going to start staying home. I think we've already heard from Don, Don Wilbanks, he's not going. Was he originally going? Don Wilbanks, the Huntsville Ham Fest is Don Wilbanks' show. Like it is his show. It's his favorite show. Oh, he thinks man. it's the friendliest ham fest on the planet. Like on he the is planet. He is a hundred percent on board with Huntsville. And yeah, I don't think he's going. And so that that worried me a little bit, <laughs> you know, the a, a large scheme of things. But so far. I'm going, and uh, so I please, you know, hope you come up. I I will be wearing a mask. Let me just say that first and foremost, and uh, I'll I'll get as much video as I can done while I'm out there while we're checking out all the uh, all the little stops and everything, um, all the booths, and I'm gonna do a long protracted video, maybe two videos on just what the scene is like in the flea market for all the people selling things. I love that. That's like my favorite thing is finding deals when I can uh, find them. So I will be doing that. Anyway, the other thing to mention is Bridgecom. Um, so Bridgecom has a huge giveaway going on. I mention it because it's free. Anyone can get involved in this. Just go to the website. We'll link it in the show notes. Again, free giveaway. They have over $4,000 of ham gear that they're giving away right now, which is pretty cool. So definitely check that out if you're interested and, uh, you know, want to get involved, up to you. Check it out. And, uh, yeah, very cool. Okay, so let's move on to the show topic. The show topic is being a good steward of ham radio. Yeah. So when when I say that, being a good steward of ham radio, what is that? what does that mean to you? I'll I'll take your thoughts. Well, first, this is a I'll great my, topic. I think in, so. In light of the 500th episode of Ham Nation. Yeah, because those are like the 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 epitome of good stewards of ham radio, right? The, yeah. The people that are on Ham Nation. And really, I think the HRCC community is fantastic. At being Definitely. good stewards yeah. of ham radio. Yeah. I can tell you what I think is a bad steward of ham radio. <laughs> well, I mean, let me, 
let me let me dial it back even like let me take you out of ham radio for a second like if you were a good steward of anything what does that mean what are the attributes of a good steward um you advance it and you if you can and you get more people involved in it Mm -hmm. right and you represent it in a way that would make other people involved in it proud. Yeah. I think that is the, if I were to put a definition on mm-hmm. that, I would, that, that's exactly what I would choose. And yeah. the problem is, is that you said it so well, there's not much else I can say. Wow. I'm just kidding. Is that? No. <laughs> so, so let's dial it down to ham radio. All right, well, 70. <laughs> All right, so 73, everybody, goodbye. <laughs> All right, so let's dial. So taking Leia's example, which is the, the the perfect definition of that, great job. The example of that when you dial down to ham radio is let let me give you a couple options. There's both an insider view of this and an outsider view of this. The outsider view is actually really, I think, the easier part of this. When you're out and playing ham radio, you are a steward of ham radio, whether you want to be or not. And hey, by the way, I know there's a lot of people that don't want to be. And if you don't want to be, maybe have a less conspicuous setup or, or mm-hmm. go further away or operate in your car, you know, do the mag mount thing and, and operate from your car and remove yourself from, from people. Because what's inevitably going to happen is if you set up an antenna and you put a box and, you know, a radio or something like that up on a table, people are going to come up and talk to you. They're going to want to know what you're doing. I am always thankful when when they do that, they're actually the people that want to know versus they call the cops on you, which has been a thing that has happened to me in the past. <laughs> so always go with the people coming up and saying like, hey, what are you doing? And then you can say, well, I'm doing ham radio. And then you can here here's here's my Cliff Notes version of your elevator pitch. Yeah, here's here. Well, it's not my elevator pitch necessarily because that changes depending on what I'm doing. But if if you're out there doing POTA, this is this is kind of all you have to say. I am using a radio to transmit and receive, kind of like your phone does. But my radio can transmit much further than that, and I'm talking to people states away from me, and it's kind of like a game. And so what I'm doing is I'm trying to get 10 contacts. And a contact is where I talk to another person with my voice or Morse code or digital, and I'm trying to get a signal report. I want them to tell me how strong my, my signal is because that's really important to us. We're, we're always trying to adjust our antennas. Like, hey, you can see my antenna. See the, see the antenna that I have set out here? Because you, you got visual aids. Mm-hmm. Use your visual aids. Yeah. You say, look at my antenna. So this antenna is uh, about the length of the frequency I'm transmitting on. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to make as many contacts as I can. And if I make 10 contacts for Parks on the Air, for instance, I get points. It's kind of like Pokemon Go with much more equipment um, that I can sit down and, and talk to other people around the country and sometimes around the world. And that's what I'm doing out here. So if you if you watch my parks on the now, air, I, yeah, I, I do I do have to say that it's not 
it's not that easy for everybody to be comfortable talking to random strangers mm-hmm. about something they're super passionate about, well, especially so it, with it being highly technical. Right? Yeah, so if, if you were a stranger to this whole thing, and let's say you came upon somebody that was like playing ham radio, and they said, you know, I am a, I'm, an ha- I'm a ham radio operator, and I, I made this card. Here, this card's for you. Mm-hmm. Would that be okay? I was thinking about this as, as we were thinking about this chat. Like, what if, what if, you know, if there's people that just don't want to engage with people, you know, they just want to focus on playing ham radio, which I get it. You know, you got a big pile up and you're working all kinds of stuff. What if you just had like a flyer? If you had a little trifle, trifold flyer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Would that be kind of cool? Sure. I mean, by the way, you got to be nice about it. You got to like hand them the flyer, like, "Hey, I, I'm in the middle of a high, a, a fast-paced radio sport, and I would love for you to know more about this. But I made this for you." And then you hand them the flyer. That's true. That would yeah. be good. Mm-hmm. And then you don't feel like you're getting too put off, because a lot of times, I'll be honest, when I go out there and people come up to me, I go like pt barnum on the whole thing you do and i just start like you can do this and, you and i gotta do tell this, you you can do this i mean you've sca- seen me do yeah. it nothing scares people away more than when you hand them a flyer <laughs> like you if you want to be like, if you want to be left alone about your extended car warranty <laughs> if you want to be left alone this is a good way to get people to leave you alone. well then okay fill in the gaps here like so you're you're dealing with me it was literally the, when I'm passionate about something, I will talk to a squirrel about it. Yeah. Right. So you, you pose the question. So if you, if there was a ham out there and they, they were, they're not as gregarious as me, what would you tell them to say to be a good steward of ham radio? Well, if- leave me alone, get off my property. No, I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, I'm trying to make contacts uh, with people, there's this guy on YouTube ham radio using <laughs> using ham radio. You're welcome to watch. I mean, nobody. That's can... more confusing than because he's going to be doing all these things. He's twiddling all these things. Maybe on a computer, even. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I see. I, it's I... tough, right? It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So I... now you're back on the flyer game. Flyer gang. Hashtag I mean, flyer I was gang. I was making I was making a joke about how people like to walk away from flyers, but it's true. I mean, you what you put on the flyer matters too. I mean, don't put on the flyer. Get the GTFO away from me. I'm making contacts. <laughs> Make your flyer friendly, and it's uh, if you don't want to talk to people, I think it's at, at the same time. So here's the thing. Here here's the thing. I want to throw it to hands. There's n- Okay, well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be soft about this, but it bothers me when I talk to hams on the air, and then I know that person, and they're like, "I'm just not a people person." It's like, so well, is is the difference that we're talking face to face that that's when you're not a people person, or is it well, just I mean, that every, you're not interested? When people say I'm not a people person, it means they don't like talking to people they don't know. 
But that's what ham radio is. But it's not, though, because you are. It, it, you it fundamentally, most often is. No, you fundamentally know a handful of things about the, the people that you are making contact with. One, they provided a call sign, so you know where they're from, and you know that they had to be licensed, mm-hmm. so you know that they're of somewhat level of intelligence, right? Well, so then this is the perfect, so this is me being my argumentative person. Well, what if that person that came up to you is just not a ham yet? They're already a ham. They've got the mind of a ham, and they need you to be that well, I mean, breaking point to make them a ham. I and mean, if this it were is your me, moment, if it were me, I yeah. would probably say something like, "Oh, are you interested in ham radio?" Well, but they might not even know not even know what that is. So you have to say. What I'm, but so again, is, I am a very similar person to you in talking. To I know, people. yeah, we'll, we'll so talk to anybody. Yeah. But so this is why I, I I try and explain what I'm doing, and then I bring the terms in later. So when I'm out there and people are, so a lot of people, a lot of people laughed. They're like, uh, when I did that Poda video, and somebody came up and said, "What's that?" And I I cut the video really quickly because I had to snip out a bunch of stuff, and yeah. I, I talked a lot more to this person. But I just, in the video, it's just, it's an antenna. Mm-hmm. So try to, and I hate to say dumb it down, but leave the jargon out. Just say what you're doing. I put this antenna up. This antenna allows this box to talk to people all over the country. And I'm doing it without being tied to cell phones or the internet. There it is. Like, that's one sentence. Like, you know, very quick, right? Mm-hmm. That is it in a nutshell. I am talking to people with no systems. I don't pay anybody. I'm making it happen right now. Well, under that my might own be, power. that might be how you view it. Mm-hmm. But for instance, somebody else might be out there on summits or on podas basically trying to I hiked meet. up here for eight hours leave me the hell alone well maybe they're trying to meet a contact goal you know and and then the answer is more like oh i'm actually i'm using ham radios to try to contact you know x number of people yeah i mean yeah well i mean that's why i said it's a game and i need to make 10 contacts and i'm on my second contact and if you watch me so again i'm i'm bringing them into it I, I'm, 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 Do you I'm, expect people to be a, a I teacher literally, of ham radio for them to be good stewards? Do I expect them to be? No. Because do I want them to be? Yes. So, I mean, like at a baseline, mm-hmm. I would think that if you're being a good steward, that means you're you're not being a lid and you're being patient. I, I, with, I assume that if you're people. dragging your gear out to a park, you're not a lid. I don't think somebody's going out to a park and setting so up all this whole people who do potas are not lids. The, those, <laughs> that's when you generally know. Um, but but if you're if you're going so far as to set up your equipment, you're doing it for a purpose of making contacts. So I don't think that everybody who goes and sets up in a public place mm-hmm. should expect to immediately be a teacher. People want to. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that you are somebody who likes to spread the gospel of ham radio. You're That's passionate it. I hand them, about I hand it. I'm the ham radio you, Bible. You. Like, 
pray to the ham radio bible your patron saint of ham radio not much of your time is spent doing that that's why i was like in particular (laughs) you asked me about my qsl cards you dumb bastard (laughs) (laughs) but i think you know the the average ham is getting out to um they're setting up outside with a goal in mind right they're not so enthused about having to slow down what they're doing they may only have an hour i know like mike um k murder mike mike will literally be the best steward of ham radio literally yeah Yeah. better than me i think because his energy will suck everybody in yes yes literally like a vacuum will pull them in and be like i I didn't even know what ham radio was but now i'm i'm a ham i don't yeah (laughs) i'm not even licensed yet i have to figure this out by the way it is maximilian colby which is still the best name for a saint that is the patron state (laughs) of ham radio operators but i think this this is something highly personal and whether and you have to decide whether or not you, you want to take on the mantle of teaching. I don't think it makes you a bad steward if you're not going to take on the mantle of teaching. But well, the reality here, here's my is argument. Here's just, my argument. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Sure. Like if you're on public, every okay, everybody out there in the park is walking a dog. Everybody knows what a dog is, and they know what a leash is, and they know yeah. what a stroller is, and they know all this stuff. And then yeah. you roll up. And you're like, I got 14 feet of telescopic pipe that I'm going to put into a, you know, up and have a wire going all over the place. Human beings are going to want to know what the hell you're doing. Like, they're going to want to know. And the only thing, the only thing I can ask of you, you don't have to have an elevator speech. You don't have to have this big protracted thing. But I will literally, I, I will stop making contacts to answer people's questions. Right. And not everybody has the time to do that, though. Some people I appreciate that. set up, they get out there, they have like maybe an hour well, to so make contact. So that's what I'm saying. I'm actually not against this trifold thing, uh, this flyer. I'm not against this. Why don't you make the flyer? I, may, I might. I might. I'm like, <laughs> you asshole. You interrupted me when I was making very important contacts. I'm trying to get points. Your stupid dog. It's not even a service dog. You're, you don't know what a service dog is. You try to pretend. The TSA, why are you walking a goddamn duck? Why do you have a duck with a vest on? I'm sorry. I should not have said GD. But I, somebody has addressed that before. But. And by the way, I don't know if this is who is here right now, but um, we have been in the past sworn and used the God's name in vain. And that's what ham radio operators do sometimes. <laughs> it's very important. It's very serious. And that's my flyer. And I fold it. It's a trifold. And I hand it to them and I'll be like, stop asking so many questions. Very important business right now. Again, it's like treat everybody like they're, they're, they're your neighbor, right? Like if yeah. they live next to you. Do you want to treat them this way when you're activating? Probably not, if they're your neighbor, right? You wouldn't do that. But here's here, here's where I flip this whole thing around. So I just spent all this time talking about how you should treat people that don't know anything about ham radio. Mm-hmm. So why is it that sometimes we treat people that know about ham radio so bad? On the internet, on the forums, 
QRZ. I'm yeah, not going to let you out there, of this. There are people who are just ham curious that are joining these forums. They're not all Or they maybe just got their technician. Hams. Or maybe they're not even have their technician yeah, yet. Yeah, that's and what they're I'm like, saying. They're ham I just curious. got here. How do I get started? And everybody just starts dumping on them with all this really complicated stuff. And it it doesn't need to be complicated. It can be, what are you interested in right now? What mm-hmm. are you doing right now? How is this adjacent to your life? If you wanted to talk to somebody when the cell phones don't work, how would you do that? What do you want to do? Right? Like you can ask these really simple questions. Hey, I go off-roading. And my friends are mm-hmm. all on CB and we're thinking about changing it up. Mm-hmm. We're losing people, by the way, to GMRS for, for this particular crowd. The off-road crowd is all going GMRS, which, by the way, I don't really disagree with them. I think that that's like... Good option. Yeah, I think it's a good option. But I think ham radio should be on that list for a lot of things that ham radio can do, right? Right. So when you talk to people like that, you kind of do need to understand what they're about, what they're doing with their life. Because ham radio, again, to, to people that are already like their lifestyle is ham radio... Mm-hmm. Then the question of like, well, what are you doing? I'm, 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 I'm doing ham radio like this week. Right. I'd be doing ham radio. I'm trying to contact the ISS. Right, or whatever it is. Like I got a myriad of things I'm going to do. But then if you're talking to like people that aren't hams and they're like, well, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm, me and my buddies are going to go off roading in you know some place, mm-hmm. and uh, we we we're going to be off uh, cell phone access. So, you know, w- what should we do? Right. So that that's a to me, that's like a golden opportunity to talk I feel about like ham radio. I, I'm starting to feel like you get into much different conversations than I do. <laughs> I will show you my Instagram after this podcast. Well, I mean, of course, for your Instagram, because that's people who know who you are. Like if you're you're at a park or a soda or something, you're just some random dude that they have no idea about and they have no idea about ham radio. Either. Well, we got we got distracted a little bit. Let me go back to my my uh after we talk to people at the park, right? I get it. If if there's not a lot of people that are doing portable or you're not doing that portable that much. So, let me bring it back to being a good steward of ham radio as a ham radio operator. You don't need to be the smartest person in the room. You don't need to correct people in a way that makes them feel bad. Mm -hmm. You can give information to people in a way that they learn something where they still know that you are the one that provided it to them without making them feel bad. Yes. That is a huge problem we have in our community is that everybody wants to be Dr. House. I bring up Dr. House all the time. But the reality is, if you don't like a question that you're seeing mm-hmm. and you don't want to answer it, like if you're sick of answering questions that you've seen repeatedly. Point them to the hammer radio crash course. <laughs> don't answer them. D- there's no need don't get to judge. Don't yeah. get involved. Scroll on. <laughs> no, but but like really, like there is there is no reason to to be upset at people because they are behind where you are at right in the cognitive journey that you have gone on in ham radio 
there's no reason because there's someone out there that eventually you're going to be in a spot where you are a cognitive deficit person that want to know what they know. Do you not want somebody to be open to giving you that information? You do. Mm-hmm. Right? You do. Mm-hmm. So if your only option is I'm going to be a jerk or I'm going to say nothing, I, I would say, okay, say nothing, but also I would- Say less. <laughs> say less. But also I would argue that then you're not being a steward of ham radio. Mm-hmm. Like if you see a question that you know the answer to and you roll on by because you don't want to talk about it, isn't that kind of like- being upsetty about getting a question that's not something you want to talk about. But I mean, you feel how you feel, but how you interact with other people about how you feel Mm -hmm. is kind of the point, right? Mm -hmm. Like either you're going to be a person who presents with positivity or you're going to be somebody who doesn't have anything nice to say. So you don't say it at all. Yeah, but I mean, how hard is it to just actually say something that is like constructive without well, being a every, lot of negative? Everybody hits a point where they see a question that's like, uh, I can't see this question anymore. I can't answer this question again. And it's like, it's okay. It's literally okay if you have answered people's questions before and you're just sick of answering those questions. Sure. But don't be a jerk. Yeah, I mean, it. actually, that's a really good point. It's just... I mean, it's, you know, and one of the things, mm-hmm. like, from running different Facebook groups, right? for me, is it's very easy when somebody asks a question that has been repeatedly asked in a forum, right? It's very easy to actually just get that person's name from that Facebook post and tag them in a post that answers a question, they'll get the right. notification right. and they'll get the information and you don't have to answer them again. So this is great. Um, everybody go look at my channel because I've literally made a ton of ham radio videos. So if I can help you out, just link my video to people. That'd yeah. Be great. And I've seen that a lot. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. No, it totally happens. So if you don't want to answer them, grab the video and just share it with them so that people are like, okay, you know, actually, that's a part of the reason why a lot of us are doing what we're doing is because we make one video mm-hmm. in the hopes that it gets shared around other people to answer their questions. Right. So that we don't have to answer every individual question that comes right. in. But let me let me cap this off a little bit. A steward is somebody that wants to preserve the identity, the culture and the things that go around whatever it is they are a steward of. Mm-hmm. So if you are a steward of ham radio, it is both a forward-facing aspect and then an internal-facing aspect of bolstering up the people that are already part of the community. Mm-hmm. It, it needs to be both. And you may not want to be skilled or may not be skilled in both areas, and that's okay. Um, I'm not saying don't go do POTA. I'm saying maybe offset what your deficiencies are with maybe a little flyer that you print out or something like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I really don't. I think that that's like a, a cool little thing. At the same time, I would challenge you to break some of your ideas of what you're, you, what you think you're capable of 
because if you're able to talk to people on the radio, the only thing that's different is we if we take the the the, the microphone away and we put a face there and you can't talk to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should be able to do that. So I do have a tip if you're going to make this flyer slash trifold. Okay. If where you're operating Poda is typically local to where you live. We're and you know, many miles away from Skyline Chili. You know. <laughs> and this you know what the frequencies are for mm-hmm. good repeaters or good emergency information. Pop it on there. You know, pop it on your Oh, flyer. a little bit of a prepper card to yeah. go along with it. That's a yeah. great idea. So that people will be like, oh, this is something I could use in an emergency, you know, and it, it kind of reframes See, everything. Is, Leia, this is why you're on the show. This, this is why you're on the show with these ideas. This is, this, is, this is why the diversity of thought is so important. You took something of me being like, because I'm hyper-focused on ham radio, right? Like yeah. I'm hyper-focused on people putting the best foot forward. I, I want people to be good stewards of ham radio. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, Josh, you're missing a point here, a good point. What if we made this about emergency communication and emergency preparedness while also talking about the virtues of ham radio? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway. All right, everybody. Uh, man, hold on. I got to bring it back here. Okay. I think we're done. All right. Okay, so thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it, and the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. Until we talk to you again, 73. 73. And we're going to play the song. It's Huntsville, Alabama. Just a reminder, everybody. It's Remind me specifically. with a T. <laughs> It's Hartsfield. Because we only have a couple weeks. Alabama. So I have to get this yeah. right in my head. I'm going to offend some people otherwise. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. What, where do you think you are right now? It's not silent. No, sorry. It's right in the middle. It's in the middle of the word for all to see. You can't just erase it. That's for sure. This is like, Please don't say Huntsville around here no more. Beautiful that somebody took the time to make this. Punchville, Alabama. Woo! I'll be there literally in two weeks. Well, less than, God, even less than that. I'm packing up, uh, and uh, I hope everybody comes out that can and hangs out with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until we talk to you again, 73. See ya. 73.